0: Hello, everybody, and welcome along to another IMSA Pro Racing Invitational. It's round three presented by Haggerty at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course just outside Lexington, Lexington, Ohio, uh, in real life, of course. Uh, We're in the virtual world today. This is a stunning piece of real estate nestled uh, in the countryside of Ohio, very much a Parkland feel to the circuit. For those of you in the UK, just after half past ten in the evening, welcome along to the Michelin Countdown to Green, all of you. But if you're in the UK, think a little bit of Brands Hatch, a little bit of Alton Park maybe as well in that. Uh, not quite the rise and fall of the uh, Alton Park or Brands Hatch circuit, maybe, but there are some very interesting camber changes we've got 39 minutes to the green flag and our Michelin countdown to green will have qualifying for you as well in a moment or two that is the session that is next up there's been a bit of practice going on it's a split practice here uh, at mid-ohio because of the tight confines So not all of the cars out on the circuit at the same time. Let's bring in our other voices tonight uh, and welcome, first of all, Ben Constantouris, who joins us again after another busy weekend uh, in uh, online racing. Ben, welcome back. Looking forward to this one?
2: Absolutely, very much so. One of the most professionally run Virtual Series is about to entertain again. Uh, this sub Virtual Series has really set a very high bar and just hoping that Ford and Porsche have prepared well and uh,
0: can get onto to the same pace that we've seen from BMW the last couple of weeks. Uh, Nick Damon is with us again. You've done all of these with us as well, Nick, and you were with me for uh, and Bruce Jones for the digital N24 at the weekend, and, and we have one of the winning drivers here in Philip Eng uh, this evening as well. This is a very different challenge for Philip uh, to get his head around. Although in some ways, the character of the circuit—it's narrow, it's undulating, it's flowing, and it's surrounded by trees. There are some there are some similarities. It's just a lot shorter circuit. Yeah, the the problem is that he had
3: uh, 55 cars on 25 kilometers, or what, 14 miles. Now he's got uh, 50 cars on uh, about two and a half miles. And uh, I have to say, having uh, had a bit of fun with this track on iRacing over the last week, it is absolutely really fantastically, enjoyably lovely when you're going around on your own. And I've had some great fun with many, many cars. I then entered a race with 35 other competitors, and it was rather more hectic and slightly more frightening.
0: Rodrigo Fluca is the quickest in practice at the moment in the Ford GT. Uh, once again, Rodrigo on the 47. races for 47 Motorsports in the uh, pr- the prototype challenge category with the LMP3 cars in IMSA. Uh, and he's got down to an 18.624 Bruno Spengler. Uh, he's... Mr. Perfect, isn't he? He's Peter Perfect at the moment in IMSA competition uh, with an 18.645, 18.652 for Robbie Forley So that's Ford, BMW, BMW, and then Ford, Sebastian Prior, 18.662. So hang on a minute. Then it's Can yeah. Guven uh, in the first of the Porsches, 118 six nine two for Nicky Katzberg. And the reason I've gone down to sixth position is because, Ben, we haven't got to a tenth of a second between the top <laughs> six yet.
2: Yeah, Jesse Crone uh, in seventh, just over a tenth of a second, and it's 20 cars covered. By half a second. (laughs) It is going to be incredibly close. And as Nick alluded to, not a track that's easy to overtake on as well. So uh, I expect this to be a very, very competitive encounter. Also, key uh, at the moment, we've got 47 cars that have set a time, 48
0: cars in the session. As a short circuit, that means a lot of traffic. It is going to be very busy. Let's take a look and give you the first uh, glance at the Porsche keys to the race. In our Michelin countdown to green here, quality in qualifying. Nick Damon, you said it before, going round on your own or in a... A smaller field is going to give you a sense of invincibility in some respects. But it's so important, as we've seen, to get out of that melee in the middle of the pack in the early laps. Yeah, you're going to need to put in
3: a great time. And as Ben and you guys have pointed out, a tenth of a second is going to be the difference between probably you know five or six places. And, it's, and the thing to remember is that whilst they will be qualifying on their own, because you do, uh, whilst it's, it's, it's you, they all qualify on their own together as such, so all the qualifying happens at the same time, but they are on a clean track. Correct. Or clear track. Um remember that they if they go off track, if they have what was called an instant, they will have that that time wiped. So they have to do a clean lap in that in that period. And a quick lap as well, with no real way of knowing what anyone else is doing. So this yes. is the first time they've been out there. They've got an idea of what a fast time is. They will have a qualifying setup. It may be as, as simple as taking the fuel out. It may be even more clever with some of the works teams just to give them an extra couple of tenths and even more nervous setup that just wouldn't work on this very narrow circuit but you know that qualifying is going to be key because it is devilishly hard to get past and also the problem is if you go off the track even slightly some of the off-track areas are pits of despair, you just go straight and it's downhill, the cambers and the veil you, you've just gone, you go off at the end of the, the main
0: straight and you have gone and you're not coming back for a fortnight that's what they call China Beach down there second point in our Porsche keys to the race for mid-Ohio and the uh, Imza pro-invitational presented by Haggerty Ben, patience is a virtue there are places around this track where you're just going to have to play follow my leader for a while Absolutely, patience with the traffic, patience with people
2: that you want to overtake to improve your position, and also patience with your car as well. What you don't want is damage. You don't want to pick up any kind of issue because the cars react so badly to having damage uh, that you will instantly lose pace. So keep everything clean, tyres, car, aerodynamics. And of course, that means being very clean with your passes, not compromising yourself. One of the things we could see a lot of, a bit like you see in NASCAR, is once one person goes through, a whole train of cars might come through as well. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this race
0: that that's absolutely true and also if you're new to this and tuning in uh, to the IMSA iRacing Pro Series for the first time uh, you may not always see a lot of damage visually but as we've been seeing in these virtual world in the virtual world the driver will feel it they might not have the steering wheel straight and the, certainly the stopwatch will show it uh, Number three on the Porsche case, the Race, it's called madness for a reason. Four, five and six at the bottom of the back straight, just as you're turning down the hill and then up over the top of the rise. That is what the locals call madness. And it's well named, Nick Damon, because you don't take a standard racing line round there for very good reason, because none of the camber is helping you. And that's true, in the virtual world, as it is, I've been around here a few times in streetcars, as it is in the, ro- in the real world too. Yeah, heavy braking into turn
3: four at the end of the, uh, the long straight. Is. They've got a slight kink in it. And uh, effectively, you are at that point then think, well, I can see my line. But it, the is completely against you in five. It then curves away in six. And then it, don't forget that seven and eight can also cause a problem, especially on cold tyres. If you crest seven too fast, you can find yourself in all elements of pain with oversteer with the cold tyres which they will have because it's a very very short rolling start at this track I think it's I think they only get about half a lap of rolling start rather than the whole lap it's hard to get any warmth in the tyres so that first couple of laps is going to be key a if you're particularly confident to get past but b just
0: don't go off And the tyres we always talk about, of course, uh, we've seen different tyre strategies in the first couple of races at Sebring. It was possible to go the whole 90 minutes without changing. And that's what the winning BMWs who locked out the podium there did. It was a different story at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, where the tyre degradation is far more... uh, uh, is felt far more towards the end of the stint. So everybody, I think, did at least one tyre stop and one or two people with the competition yellow, which we will have again tonight at some stage. The competition yellow. Some people, like Nick Tandy, gambled on a second set of tyres. That didn't pay off for him because he didn't have the track positioning or caught up in someone else's accident when he put pitted from 11th position. Our final portion keys to the race, Ben. Fuel for thought it is what, we've put down there and whilst you will have to stop for a new tank of gas here it is a this is a race track where if you are stuck in traffic and you are smart you can save fuel and that might mean a slightly shorter fuel stop than those people around you and that could give you the all-important track position
2: absolutely if you are able to save a little bit of fuel if you're clever with the pace that you're following if you've happy with the guy that you're behind uh, then saving fuel uh, at the end of the straights coming off the accelerator a little bit early rolling into the corners not being so aggressive on the throttle on the exit could win you a couple of seconds in the pits because the you know every tenth of a second you're sitting in the pits you're losing a multitude of seconds out on track and that as you say will give you the undercut or overcut uh, depending on when you choose to make that pit stop
0: A couple of uh, slight changes to the entry list. There hasn't actually been any changes in who is around uh, in terms of the 50 drivers, but a couple of number changes that you'll need to keep an eye out for. Uh, Alessandro Balzan in the Scuderia Corsa Ferrari is now 63. Kenton Cook in the bright pink Ford was going to be 63, so he's gone back to number 80. Uh, One thing of note, though, Nick Damon, James Collado for Ricci Competizione, Uh, Giuseppe Ricci, as normally in the real world, sponsored by Ferrari of Houston, Uh, the 62 car this week. Now, James is a bit handy behind the wheel of a sim, and that might just be the little bit of a Billy bonus that Ferrari has been lacking.
3: Yeah, we've seen a, a, a ever-reducing number of Ferraris over these three rounds so far in the IMSA Pro Series. And uh, perhaps to uh, to stem that flow, they've decided to put in one of their uh, their, their uh, secret weapons in James Collado. A lot of work has been, been, been going on for setup as well. And, uh, and James will be looking to turn that around, try and get more Ferraris on the uh, the track. But, you know, it, it is a car that can be incredibly quick. It was the, the GT3 version, of course, which was uh, the fastest car at the Nürburgring over the weekend. Absolutely. It didn't win due to being an accident with a TCR car, which wasn't their fault. Um, but they are fast. And, it, and it's, I think, it's, again, it's getting that set up. I think all these GT, uh, E cars actually are theoretically about the same the balance of performance is very very good but the setups now are so complicated because they I mean, were actually worked up by proper engineers that that's where the advantages are being found john and of course tire life is very is very key and fuel consumption as well so that's those huge compromises you get in the real world now you're seeing in the virtual world too
0: there's been a few laps clocked up in the uh... Last weekend, the back uh, half of last weekend and the early part of this week, I can tell you that, by a number of different teams. Uh, weather looks decent at the moment. I'll wait for Drew and the guys at iRacing to give us the uh, weather stats uh, on the screen and we'll convey uh, them to you. Qualifying getting underway uh, very shortly indeed. Uh, it is, oh, there we go, in the 80s Fahrenheit so, well into the uh, mid to late 20s Celsius, uh, and oh, triple digits on the track. So, very, very uh, hot indeed on the track. Uh, 81 is 28 degrees Celsius, and 107 is 42 degrees Celsius. Partly cloudy, we're not seeing too many uh, clouds. Uh, Over the circuit at the moment, but a few degrees, Nick Damon, either way can make a big difference to tyre life and tyre performance.
3: The modelling in iRacing racing is incredibly accurate. And having done quite a few races at different times of day, in fact, Ben and I just did a race in the evening uh, at Brands Hatch with our, with our teams, um, it makes a huge difference. The, the, the As the sun, you lose the sun, you gain the sun, what, what part of day it is, and then it's modelled really accurately. So that if we do see this some cloud cover reducing the temperature, they will feel that as they would feel it, In the the real world, it'll it'll obviously increase the grip because they're up at 44 degrees. And at other points, of course, they get much colder, it'll reduce it. But a bit of cloud cover could be the key for a fast qualifying lap.
0: A couple of items of note on the entry list. We've got Rebel Rock Racing in a BMW. It's Matt Bell uh, in the 71 car. Uh, That is uh, Matt Bell, the American Matt Bell, not the brother of Rob Bell. Uh, Although they have both raced in IMSA. Thank goodness not together. That would have just been too complicated for me. Uh, And a brilliant colour scheme uh, done uh, by Andy Blackmore, who I think has got five liveries in this race. And the 71 BMW then, with the Rebel Rock Racing colours on it, you'll recognise it straight away. The green, uh, yellow and black machine. And Matt Bell debuting uh, this week. And Nick Tandy is back after a nearly race, uh, a couple of weeks ago, in the Porsche GT team, he's joined by Lawrence Fanta uh, and Ichan Guven, the Porsche Junior driver, who I think Ben is the highest I rating in this race now uh, that we don't have Sage Karim. I think Iachan has is, is got the, the best numbers in terms of his of his uh, I racing rating, hasn't he?
2: Absolutely, and uh, quite a lot better than anybody else. In terms of that I rating, he would be classed as an alien. It's nearly 8,000 if you are aware of your uh, I ratings. It's huge and impressive. But he's been caught out in a couple of accidents in the virtual edition of the Super Cup over the last couple of weeks. Uh, And whilst he's fast, he hasn't had clean races.
1: No. That
0: is what you really need. And he had exactly the same at the weekend. Uh, He was racing in a 911 Porsche Cup car, racing with Redline, which is uh, Max Verstappen's got a uh, an interest in the Redline online racing team. And trying to chase down his teammate for the lead of the race. And he uh, put the car off at the end of Garden And actually dropped down to third. Qualifying is underway for the uh, uh, i Racing Pro Invitational third round. Presented here at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course by Haggerty. John Heindorf. Ben Constanturis and Nick Damon in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth in the Michelin Countdown to Green. Austin Sindrick in the Ford is the first driver that we see out on the track and he's heading down to start his uh, qualifying run. Shinya Mishimi uh, driving a very good BMW, a very good looking BMW, Former, uh, former Lamborghini Super Trofeo driver, and Ferrari out on the track as well. And that looks very much to me like the Risi Competizione covers colors. Yes, it is. And Collado's gone off at four. Just misses the edge of China Beach there. James making his debut in the I Series, I Racing Series here. And John, these early laps are horrific
2: in iRacing. There is no such thing as tyre warmers, and therefore you have to be coming out onto the track with rock hard, cold tyres. And I think, and I've been speculating over the last couple of weeks, uh, that this is even worse than you would have in real life. Trying (laughs) to uh, get the tyres up to temperature.
0: Great to see the setup that these drivers are using. Daniel Borat and he's, yeah, he's got he's VR, got screen and VR. Yeah, exactly. yeah. so VR he's got a nice microphone dangling over his head he's got a, a feet up driving position and absolutely engrossed in what's going on and immersed, coming down through the keyhole now, staying to the inside, then drifting over to that yellow car- curb at the left that's actually quite a lot higher than it looks on the TV pictures, rather flattens it out Down past where, in the real world, you get the green flag, but the start-finish line, of course, is in front of the pits. Now, this is into Turn 4, and madness, and this is what Nick was talking about. You would have thought he'd have got out wide there, but you just hug the curb, then let it breathe, down to the bottom of Turn 6, and into the S's now, climbing under the Honda Bridge, over the top of this next rise at 7, car gets very light indeed, and then coming into what's called Thunder Valley. Again, the car goes really like that. precision required. Then super quick, aiming for the guardrail on the right-hand side, through the quick left and into the carousel, exactly as you would expect it to do. Any amount of different ways you can take this, in the race you'll probably get to the inside early, but it's effectively single car qualifying at the moment. Bruno Spengler with the top time, by the way, a 1.18.9, then Conor De Filippi, then the Ford GT of Rodrigo Fluca with a 19-0. Remember, we had 18 sixes aplenty in the practice session earlier on. Bruno Spengler in the red BMW colours has been the man to beat. The 24, his teammate, Jesse Kron in the black BMW with the M stripes on it. But the BMW... John, go ahead, you Ben, would expect, sorry. Uh, you'd expect these times these second lap times to
2: be better because the tyres and the car will be working better and up to temperature much better than they were on the first lap. So a great first time from Bruno Spengler into the 18s, but if all goes well, this should be a better one as Katzberg now takes the fastest time.
0: Katzberg, who made one tiny mistake at Sebring that allowed his teammate through into the lead in the first round. The... Sorry, say again, Nick. You're very... uh, Katzberg made the same
3: same thing in, in uh, Laguna Seca where he made a mistake in the race, yes. wasn't it, at the time the lead. But uh, going, turning left and go up the hill, um, he just made a mistake and let him through.
0: Patrick Long down at CXC Simulators. Hello to all the guys there, just outside Los Angeles. Pat, the all Californian driver. Mm, interestingly, he doesn't left foot brake using his right foot to brake, even though this is effectively a two-pedal car, just like the real Porsche 911. So that's very interesting. Again, with the three-screen wraparound setup, which is so important when you're in traffic.
2: And Johnny's also got motion in that simulator, so he'll be one of the very few drivers that will get that extra sensation of the Seat moving around which will give them a feeling of how the rear is moving around which many many drivers at home will not have.
0: Well I can tell you I have used the CXC rig uh, on a number of occasions and it is absolutely quality and the feedback that you get uh, from the steering wheel and from the pedals which is so important and just enough movement that doesn't unsettle you out in the Hawthorne, California. Those guys in height of the guys there. Now, Pat just going out. Lawrence Vanto, preferring to wear his race gloves. There is something that a lot of drivers will tell you that they prefer to wear their race gloves. There's a an element of uh, familiarity in that, but also it stops your hands getting too slip, slippery and uh, sweaty and slipping on the wheel. Lawrence Vanthor, well down the times at the
2: moment. The best. Yeah, we're waiting for the Porsches to set times. We haven't seen one from Guven. Oh, he just set his first one now. Tandy's just gone in, but tenth and thirteenth for those two. Those are the best Porsches right now. And Vanthor yet to set a time as well.
0: Waiting to see if we can see Matt Bell in the Rebel Rock BMW. That's going to take some getting used to. It. I bet I call it a. I bet. Absolutely better call it a Camaro at some stage. Here's AJ Allmendinger. Well, didn't have a bad race last time out. Anybody who's in the top half of the field, Nick Damon, I think has done a pretty good job in these 50 car races because it is so difficult to get track position.
3: Yeah, and the thing to remember is, is this particular qualifying, it's not 10 minutes for you to keep on running round. It's two flying laps. That's yeah. all you have. You don't, even though in ten minutes you would be able to get possibly even four flying laps. It's just those two laps. So most of the top um, ten have now actually done both laps, with the exception of uh, Ayrton Guven. So the top nine are are not going any quicker. So Spinger Foley, Fluke, Cook, Katzberg, Felipe, Prio, Cronin, Edwards, one to nine have all done their two flying laps. So they're not going to improve.
0: Atims radio, if you want to, to get now. in. Sorry, Ben. Atims a radio, if you want to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global broadcast centre and thanks uh, to them for supporting the IMSA radio side of the broadcast Corey Lewis just going into madness now over the top of the rise the car just gets insanely light there and he's not on the throttle hard at that point so he's either on an in lap or he's trying to oh no he's got a problem he had a problem there Pat Long Resetting so he can do a hot lap is what I'm hearing. Pat Long across the line for Porsche. Heads towards Turn 1. Look at the inside of Turn 1. And look how much... Well, he's pulled it up there. But you a perfect view of the exit of the pit lane. And there's a bright yellow raised kerb on the inside. As around goes the number 48 of Corey Lewis. The reason I point out that kerb on the inside of turn one gentlemen is a number of the drivers have told me that if you can get your left hand side wheels over that it does really help the car rotate through the corner it's a bit like turn 19 at the circuit of the americas and the infamous hashtag straddle the sausage
3: but, John, you've got to be careful because you get too much of your car over that kerb, uh, which, of course, is actually the blend line from the pit lane exit. Correct. You will get a time penalty, and those penalties do are active in this version of the uh, the race. Whilst the instant points are not active, those slow down time penalties for corner cutting are... So... Banthal's
2: gone 17th there. We just saw at the end of his lap. There's only a couple of drivers that have yet to finish their laps. Uh, Impressive from Nick Tandy, who's gone faster than his teammate Guven. So Tandy is the fastest Porsche in eighth position, but the two of them were actually out on track at the same time and set almost identical times.
0: Michelin countdown to green with qualifying exclusive coverage here ...on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV... ...at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us... ...it's Ben Constant-Juris... ...Nick Damon and me, John Hindhoff... ...in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre... ...qualifying is over... ...and here's how they'll line up... ...Spengler, the man of the moment... ...with 49 starters... ...then Robbie Foley... ...the privateer BMW from Turner... ...look at the gaps here... ...they're, they're much bigger than we saw in practice... But that's down to the fact that they only had two flying laps and not 15 or 20 minutes to get some heat into the tyres. Fluker is the best of the Fords on the inside of row two with Kenton Cook alongside him in the purple number 80. Then it's Katsberg and De Felipe, two more BMW drivers. Then Prio, uh, Sebastian Prior. he'll be looking for a better run at the start of the race. He's had some awful luck early on. Tandy, the best of the Porsches on the outside uh, of the fourth row. And he's got his young Turkish team, Uh, Mate, Porsche Junior driver, Ayn Chan-Güven, right behind him on the inside of the track. Shane Van Gisbergen for BMW. uh, And the number 97 car, that, of course, in the M Sullivan. Lexus colours that car. Then it's more BMWs. Jesse Cron and John Edwards. By the way, remember how great Van Gisbergen was at the end of the race on his tyres. Westy is 13th. Tristan Vortier, 14th for Ford in a group... Of four Fords together with Mirko Bortolotti and Harry Tinknell in 15th and 16th. We're still not even halfway through with Lawrence Vantor in the 912 in 17th. He's got Jack Hawksworth for company in the BMW. AJ Allmendinger and Shinya Mashimi share the 10th row of the grid. Again, more BMWs. Alessandro Balzam, welcome to the championship for Ferrari. He's he's the best of the Ferraris. Well done, Balzan. Then Michael Lewis uh, alongside him. Matt Bell for Rebel Rock Racing uh, in that BMW. Then Daniel Morad, the Canadian in the Ford, the number 70. Aaron Thielitz and Riley Dickinson. Well, those two guys spent a lot of time together. Both Jeremy Shaw's uh, Team USA alumni. Jonathan Bomarito and Kyle Masson, Austin Sindrick and Nick Buhl uh, are in the top 30. James Collado. First time out for him for Ricci Competizione has Mason Felipe for company in 30th, in 31st and 32nd. Then Townsend Bell who will be hoping for a cleaner run too than he had uh, uh, in California. Misha Goitberg, a prototype challenge driver in the past in IMSA, uh, has the Ford in 34th. Then it's pa- uh, Patrick Long, Parker Chase, Daniel Goldberg, Schwab Barboza, James Pesek, in the PF Ford, Cody Ware in 40th position. And the final nine are Tyler Macquarie. Colin Brown further down than I expected him. Jerome Blake and Morland. When was the last time he was in 43rd for anything? Ryan Hardwick and Dylan Murray, three Porsches together there. Then Philip Eng, 24-hour winner at the weekend. Roman De Angelis, Corey Lewis and Cameron Castles. Not putting times in, but still listed there on the grid. That's just about it for the Michelin Countdown to Green. Uh, Nick Damon, some final thoughts before we go into the race portion of our, of our broadcasts here. Krohn, Guven, Koch, uh, uh, Kuk, Almildinga uh, and Prio and Shinja Mishimi in the top six. You you're happy with that? That's going to be a battle. Sorry, John, that's actually the top six
3: for the practice session they've just started. Oh, it, sorry. Yes, Qualifying-wise, it was it was Bruno. But the notable thing is that being fresh from his win in the Nürburgring, has had a nightmare in 46. I was interested that Mirko Bortolotti also down in 12th, because that's a guy we haven't talked about. But so far, he's had two top fives in the first two rounds, and he's lying third overall. So he's got to come through the pack. Again, Gisberg's got to come through the pack. But can Bruno Spengler just
0: carry on? Well, you wouldn't bet against him, uh, would you, Let's take a deep breath. Thank you for joining us for qualifying in the Michelin Countdown to Green. We'll refresh our Porsche keys to the race throughout the 90-minute contest as we are ready to go racing. With Ben Constanturis, Nick Damon and me, John Hindorf in the Hagerty Global Broadcast Centre. It's the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course and the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational Round 3 presented by Hagerty. This This is RS2, RS2. part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hang on to your hats, everybody. It's Thursday night racing, and here we are at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Fabulous circuit, tight, twisty, just about every type of corner. A real challenge for the team engineers as much as for the drivers. Welcome along to the third round of IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational 2020, the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course event presented by Haggerty. It's John Heindorf uh, with my co-commentators, Ben Constant-Juris and Nick Damon. Coming round to just about 10 minutes to go to the qualifying. Let's take uh, a little look at our Porsche keys to the race. And the top one on that, Ben Constant-Juris, quality in qualifying and that as far as the front of the grid has once again gone to the man of the series so far pole position for Bruno Spengler so important to be at the sharp end early and you you pointed
2: out just how big the gaps were between the drivers compared to what we saw in qualifying nailing that lap all important and it was so easy to lose a tenth or two Bruno didn't do that he absolutely nailed it got it on the pole and of course, track position so important as well. He's in the
0: prime hot seat. It might be a bit of follow my leader, Nick Damon, in terms of the early laps, particularly when the tyres are cold. no tyre warmers allowed in IMSA in the real world and not in racing either. So patience will be a virtue right through the 90-minute contest.
3: Absolutely. But there's a number of drivers who are out of position, whether mostly because they feel they're out of position but certainly these guys are going to need to come through Philip Eng you know, um, Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, Mirko Bortolotti they're going to want to come through and they want to come through quickly and they're going to have to make quick fast passes which is safe and it's so hard around here it's so tight and there really isn't really a, a, a obvious place to, to get past on perhaps you know, the, the drag down the turn four but there's a, there's a kink in the straight and there's a risk at the end of that corner
0: Well, let's take a look at the track map and we'll come back to our other keys to the race because I want to have a look at how this lines up. Lexington, Ohio, just outside is where the mid-Ohio sports car course is. It's a super piece of challenging tarmac and we did run LMP once here back in the day. 13 corners, two and a quarter miles, start finish line, running down to turn one. Uphill to the keyhole is a passing opportunity there. Then down through the kink to turn four. China Beach for the unwary is the big gravel trap, to drivers left. Then through the little kinks that they call madness. They're all off camber. It's a horrible place to be. Then the S's round on the Thunder Valley that leads through another right-left kink into the finish of the lap, the carousel. And again, there's an opportunity there to be, shall we say, robust in the way that you drive and try and stick your nose up the inside. It is called madness for a reason because the camber doesn't help you. You will see some very odd lines, and trying to go round uh, too wide there is often fraught with disaster. The tyres will play a part, as will the fuel stop, and we've got a competition yellow, and we don't know when that's going to come. Nick, at uh, the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca round a couple of weeks ago, uh, the I'm not sure anybody other than Colin Brown actually made any... Uh, made any uh, virtue out of the competition, yellow, because most people had already taken their stops. Yeah, I mean, it was thrown kind
3: of really when all bar, I think you're right, Colin uh, Brown had stopped and, and, and in that case, it kind of, uh, really all it did was, was close everyone back up again and, and take away some of the, the advantages and also in many ways some of the disadvantages people had through um, the through bits of bad luck. So it, it, it just, put the fuel together. Now, we don't know where it's going to get, get thrown. It gets thrown around the time of pit stops and it can make a major difference. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's always exciting. It's always interesting to know it's going to happen. The teams know it's going to happen. Therefore, they've got to have at least three strategies. One for early, one for middle and one for late in the race. It's
0: a good point. It's a good point. Here, I would think as well, Ben, uh, with that tyre and fuel strategy, if you do get a late competition caution and we don't know when it's going to come, slapping a new set of tyres on it's a tough one to call because you've got to get them up to heat, but then you're going to have better grip towards the end of the race. Absolutely. I think
2: key will be trying to get yourself some clean air uh, with so many cars on track. And and if you can run on good tyres in clean air, that is going to give you such an advantage. That is where the heads of esports, the uh, engineers that are working alongside these drivers will play such a huge role today. I'm seeing them log in uh, on the iRacing account as we speak, including actually Max Verstappen's just said hello. Uh, so he's watching in-game. Uh, but there are heads of eSports from Porsche in-game that will be
0: telling these drivers when to pit to yep. find that clear air. Uh, hello to Safe Phil, to Spooner Knowledge, to Alan Prosser, to Lee J. Uh, and to Daniel Summersgill, all in the UK, all watching at uh, just after 11 o'clock British summertime. Wherever you are in the world, you can get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global uh, commentary booth, broadcast booth at Imza Radio. Four minutes to go to the green flag. Let's remind you of how they are going to line up. Side by side with Bruno Spengler on the Acura starting grid with Robbie Foley for company in the other BMW. That's the Turner car, the 96 uh, bright yellow machine. Then it's Rodrigo Fluge in the 47. Black Ford next up. Another Ford, Kenton Cook in the purple, pink. I'm not sure what you call it. Uh, note the number change there, by the way. Early lists had him down to 63. He will be driving the 80. Then it's Nicky Katzberg, uh, another podium finish already to his name this season going further down Sebastian Prio and Nick Tandy to British Share row four with uh, Aichan Guven and Shane Van Gisbergen, ninth and tenth, they'll have to make some moves there. Could strategy play a part? Jesse Cron for BMW was third in the first of these uh, I races uh, at Sebring on the Super Saturday. He's got some work to do, as has Richard Westbrook. Look at Mirko Bortolotti and Harry Tinkner. we've seen those guys at the front of the field. Lawrence Vanto down on row nine with Jack with in the Vassa Sullivan coloured car. Allmendinger, Mishimi and Balzan, welcome Alessandro, another Ferrari alongside Michael Lewis there, that's an all uh, prancing horse for 11 Matt Bell, uh, welcome to the championship in the Rebel Rock Racing BMW, Riley Dickinson and Aaron Taylor together on the grid, Jonathan Bomarito and Kyle Masson behind them, Austin Sindrick rather further down in the Ford than I'm sure he would like to be. James Collado is new to the championship in the Ricci Competizione. Ferrari Mason-Filippi alongside him. Townsend Bell will be hoping for slightly less damage and not to be pinballed around as he was at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, Patrick Long in the Haggerty Porsche down on row 18 will be looking to move forward from there. He is competing from CXC Simulators uh, out in California. Joao Barbosa... That's a long time since we've seen a number five car with Schwau's name next to it that far back on the grid. James Pessic has another brightly coloured Ford on the 20th row of the grid. And Colin Brown will be looking to his dad for some tricky strategy to get him further forward than he has qualified. Philippe Eng, 24 hour winner at the weekend. He did a marathon, four hour stint from darkness into daylight. But he's well down the grid here. And if he's going to get a good result, something special has to happen there. Roman De Angelis and Corey Lewis didn't put qualifying times in. But are still listed on the back of the grid. So that's how they will line up. And we're just a couple of minutes away from getting this one going. I actually can't imagine, gentlemen... 50 cars around here. It has been the site, of course, uh, Mid Ohio, of the SCCA runoffs for many years. So there used to be grids here, but not all as. LM, uh, GT LM cars and the kind of performance that these cars have got. It's the third round of the 2020 IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course presented by Haggerty. Predictions from my core commentators. All right, Ben, is it three for three for Spengler or does your money go somewhere else? He's, he's in the best
2: position possible, isn't he, right now? But I think Ford will really want to give him hassle and look out for those
0: two Porsches. Ninth and 10th on the grid, making their way up through the field. We've seen Rodrigo Fluca He's quite conservative on cold tyres. Certainly, that's what he he was uh, at uh, WeatherTech race with Laguna Seca a couple of weeks ago, Nick. Conversely, the other Ford driver on the second row of the grid, Kenton Cook, is very good on cold tyres. Could he pull something magical out in the opening corners of this race? Well,
3: Ford, the Ford team, anyone driving a Ford hasn't been able to buy any luck in the first two rounds, so it's got to start working in their favour. Uh, Rodrigo was um, was taken out mainly by damage caused by back markers in uh, Laguna Seca. He was very quick and leading for a long time. Cook as well, looked very good. You just think if, they can get, if Ford can get the second half of the race right, then there's got to be a chance of topping the
0: BMWs. Right, the Porsche safety car is rolling. The safety car lights are out. We're starting in Thunder Valley by the look of it, so they'll only get about a third of a lap coming through into the carousel. Now, in the real world, the cars aren't released until the back straight, but we'll see. Yeah, the safety car has gone off, and there's Bruno Spengler has already kicked it into gear. And there goes Ken Cook. Spears off right in front of where our commentary boxes are in real life. One, two, three wide going into turn one. That may have caught some of the real world drivers out there. Might have been thinking they were going to go around to the back straight just before the kink. So it's the pool sitter. The pool sitter of Spengler leads away. Fluka is in third behind. Robbie Foley in the... Yellow car further back down the field, the M. Vassar Sullivan, number 97, is Shane van Gisbergen. He's embroiled in a fabulous battle that has about eight cars in it at the moment. But the leaders going down to where maybe one or two of them expected to see the green flag. And heading through for the first time, van Gisbergen has kept it clean. Into madness for the first time. Cold tyres. Watch the variety of lines here as people are trying to pick up some grip as they drop... Down to the bottom of the hill and now under the Honda Bridge and through the S's. Pretty clean start for the front with the obvious exception, Nick Damon, of Kenton Cook.
3: Yeah, Cook speared off and that's very easy to happen. You get
0: slightly on the
3: outside of a car and even the lightest of touches with the tyres so cold, we'll just, you've got nothing, you just go straight off the side. Now, interestingly, we've got away with the four BMs and holding up a train behind him in the Ford is Sebastian Prior, which makes me think perhaps the tyre warm-up is
0: different on the two chassis. Could be. How far has uh, Cook dropped back, Ben Juras? Has he actually finished the, the, uh, the lap there? Is he still running?
2: Yes, he did, and he didn't have to visit the pit lane, so that's good news for Kenton. Uh, 33 cars have checked through the line so far, and the rest of them now follow through. That was the cleanest start that we've seen of the three races we've had so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Van Gisbergen having to defend fairly stoutly as he is dropping back just a little bit. He's got John Edwards in the BMW right behind him. Then Nick Tandy's in 10th position in the Porsche and Ichan Guven's actually got up to 7th in the other Porsche so he made a very good start one of the few people who's made up some positions Spengler, Foley, Fluke, Katzberg that's your top four and they're absolutely together this is what we expected to see and as the tyre temps come up Nick we're going to see that the lap times starting to come down the last laps were pretty slow, as it was a slow roll to the line. But we saw in that uh, practice session before qualifying that we had, I think, the top 20 within a half a second. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the
3: first lap is tiptoe. The second lap is tip. And the third lap, you can actually start going for it with the, with the current time. I'm really so on, impressed. The, the, so Rob
0: the First lap is tip tour, the second lap is tip, and the third lap you can get your tour down. Is that what you see?
3: Exactly, <laughs> totally right. Yeah, I'm very impressed with, uh, with Rodrigo uh, Fluka because he certainly managed to hold on with the forward. I'm looking at the other cars. Does seem slow off the line, but he's got there, he's in third. Now, it really is how aggressive is he going to be? Is it, do we get to the point? Wait, he's going for the lights, so that's 10 miles an hour straight away. But is he going to go and try and actually overtake the cars immediately? Or is he just gonna sit there and wait and see how it develops? Now of course the car inside. Oh, he's
0: thrown it down the inside, Nick, on Robbie Robbie Forley into the bottom of the hill at turn four. Now will they try and go side by side all the way through five and six? They did. Fawley, oh, he's too he's too Ooh. surely, he's too experienced for that. But it looks to be Fawley that's fighting the rear guard action at the moment. And that's great news for Bruno Spengler, who is making his bid for freedom and now not having to look at that rear view camera in the middle of the car as and was
3: enough. Go ahead, Nick. John, don't forget, Foley's had terrible opening laps in the first two rounds. He's qualified well and had terrible opening. So he is sitting there with, with I'm sure, with the mindset, I've just got to get the first five laps under my under my belt. I don't care if Bruno's two seconds ahead. I'll sort it out then. I don't want to be against a wall. I don't want to be facing the wrong way. I don't want to have bits of my car in front of me. I just want to do what I can do as a car emerges from the pit lane. It's one of the, uh, one of the great green Sullivan. machines.
0: Yeah, that was one of the aim Sullivan cars. Uh, well, that wasn't Shane Van Gisbergen, so... Who was that further down? Oh, a little lock up on the right front Michelin by Rodrigo Fluca there as he came into the keyhole. Easy to do. It was the 12 car. That means it's Townsend Bell. Well, his bad luck continues. I think that was him coming out the pits uh, as yeah. well. So he's had a couple of issues and already dropped off the lead lack. Spengler-Foley, uh, about a second between them. Then Rodrigo Fluca. I'm really impressed with Rodrigo because he was quite conservative, remember he was on uh, pole position at WeatherTech in fact we've got uh, Robbie Foley who was on pole position at Sebring, but didn't get round past turn 3 before he was um, sort yep. of the gentleman's excuse me by the <laughs> works BMWs, and then he had another crash uh, towards the end, he was helped into the wall if I remember towards the end of the lap, somewhere around the Jeanne de uh, the Black, red and white Ford was on pole at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in the second round a couple of weeks ago and late. He, he was pressed early on until he got his tyres up to temp, which he seems to have done now. Ben? Nick Tandy's had a spin.
2: Uh, he was in the same vicinity as Townsend Bell and unfortunately fallen down to 38th position. Had to sit on the outside of Big Turn 4 for absolutely ages while the stream of cars came past him. Uh, We have also had a couple of pit visitors. We've already spoken about Townsend Bell. Uh, Lawrence Fanthor as well. uh, John Edwards as well. And Jesse Crone was another pit visitor on the first lap. Uh, Kenton
0: Cook did go into the pits, um, but seemingly didn't stop. Let's go back and have a look at the start. As Shane van Gisbergen is battling away with uh, Merkel Bortolotti at the bottom end of the top 10. Pretty clean jump from Bruno Spengler as he came out. Oh, and Kenton just lost it on his own in the bright purple number 80. Spengler got a sparkling start. You see them riding the curbs on the inside of turn one, trying to get the cars to run. And Spengler did absolutely what he needed to. Katzberg trying to make a mood in, in the red and black BMW round the outside of Sebastian Prior as he came round out of the keyhole and that allowed the top four to get away just a little bit. Let's get back to the live action. Fluka still in third position. The Turner BMW in second. The crotch belt will be absolutely delighted on Twitter. It's the sort of semi-non-official-ish only <laughs> sometimes... Twitter account of the Terremoto Sports team. Bruno Spengler, Canadian by Passport, lives in Europe now from the pole position. Has eased away just a little bit from Robbie Foley, who is pretty decent on the sim. But you've got to say, Ben, that Bruno Spengler has been the driver who has improved so much since you saw him at the back end of last year, when he could barely keep the car on track in the sim racing world and working with people like Alexander Voss and Lauren Heinrich, uh, superstars from the sim racing world that BMW eSports have got on board to help their real-world drivers. Well, Spengler's absolutely done a sparkling job. Yeah, absolutely. Bruno Spengler, I first saw
2: him in a sim alongside Nicky Katzberg at the Sim Racing Expo in September, which uh, also runs alongside... Uh, an endurance race at the uh, Nordschleife. as uh, see one of the Fords blinking there, a horrible situation when you've got a car that uh, has a dodgy internet connection, disappears and comes back in and disappears. If you're trying to race that car, it's, it's horrible. Um, yeah, Brutus Bengler is just another driver now. Obviously, he's got his own sim, he's got his own environment that he's in, uh, but uh, he's really so very consistent and even more consistent than Nick's, Nicky Katzberg,
0: who's been doing it for years. So this is the battle for 5th, uh, 6th and 7th. Di Filippi in the red, mostly red BMW. Prior's further down the road in the Multimatic Ford and round the outside of Turn 4 iron Chan Guven, oh and he's made it stick, well that is, if you're going to do that, that is about the only way you can get there, you can see some dirt and grass has been pulled onto the circuit as well, and that will get worse as the race goes on, only 10 minutes of racing gone, and we've still got a significant lead for Spengler then, it's been closed down just a little bit in fact Nick, by uh, Forley, but what a sparkling move! I've, that's, I've got to stop you using the word sparkling. What a brilliant <laughs> move <laughs> by <a> Ayachan Guven <laughs> at turn four.
3: Yeah, but it needed a bit of a kind of acceptance by um, uh, by Conor de Filippi. It was going to happen. If you notice him, he, he he did that thing where he suddenly realised what he wasn't going to get the call and he, and he swerved away. And he he made it possible for Aychan and both of them to get through and live to fight another day. It's a sensible drive from uh, Conor, and very good opportunist driving from the Turk.
0: So at the head of the field, it is still Spengler who leads out. And this has been a really smart, sensible opening. Remember, we said in our Porsche Cayster race that patience is a virtue. And for the most part, we've seen that happen. You've got to settle in. For the long run, all of these drivers, they've not just turned up now. If if you're new to this, they've not just turned up now, switched on their computers and jumped into this. They'll have been practising, practising, practising all week, refining themselves, refining the way they set up the car in virtual reality. And more importantly, looking at fuel numbers and tyre wear numbers, because there will be at least one pit stop here. We know there's a competition caution coming as well. If you want to get in touch with us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, then give us a shout on Twitter at Imza Radio. Go ahead, Ben. And John, that's the
2: most wonderful thing about uh, iRacing right now. With all of these racing drivers with so much time on their hands, every time you jump into the forums to see which race you're going to go into, there are... Uh, races being hosted by these drivers, uh, Richard Westbrook and Sebastian Prio and the Multimatic guys, uh, Harry Tinknell as well, going into a session, practicing together, working on exactly what you've been talking about. Set up a numbers. They'll have a couple of uh, engineers in there as spectators who can communicate with them as well. Uh, and you, every time you go in, you see these people we had a couple of racing drivers, proper racing drivers, uh, in our fun session earlier this evening.
0: Absolutely amazing times that we live in. Uh, well, keep an eye on what's going on. I'm just one of the cones goes flying on the back straight there. I have noticed that Mac Bell in the urban grid, BMW from Rebel Rock Racing has already made up six positions. But whilst this is settling down and the drivers at the moment are being relatively sensible, uh, let's welcome... Uh, to the broadcast. Uh, Mikhail Haggerty, who is joining us now. Hello, Mikhail. How are you this evening?
4: Uh, wonderful. Pleasure to be with you. This well, is very exciting,
0: by the way. Well, it's we've had a lot of this already uh, this year, McHale. Um you've, You, with the company, Haggerty, have taken a real interest in sim racing. Uh, and a number of new sponsorships here, including this event. Obviously, we've had you... Uh, with IMSA Radio this year already, uh, Pat Long's in the Haggerty-branded uh, Porsche, uh, and this race, you've got your name on as well. What's what's prompted the the interest and involvement in uh, in this iRacing Pro Series invitational from IMSA?
4: You know, I travel the world and I'm asked all the time, is, is the next generation going to be interested in cars and driving at all? Is anybody going to be interested in cars and driving at all? And I, and I know the truth of that, you know the truth of that, all, all of these racers here know the truth of that, but the reality is the big world wonders whether there's going to be this interest. And, and our view is that those of us who can should be t- helping to lower the barrier for people to get into the interest of driving and cars and having fun uh, around cars. And so this is just a great way for us to, you know, see the passion played forward at a really high level, at an elite level, where professional drivers, you know, uh, great amateurs are out there trying to improve their skills. It's super exciting. The purpose of, of our company, Haggerty, is to save driving for future generations. That's it. And to me, I look at this and this is driving and we should be here.
0: Well, I, I know that the slogan that you have is uh, for people who love cars. That's, that's not a slogan, that's a mantra uh, for you guys. And You know, the car world's been thrown into a bit of a a spin at the moment because of the the current situation with COVID-19. What do you think the impact will be, uh, and will people come back to car events? Yeah, I I think it's going
4: to be a little different for a while. I I think, you know, lots of spectators at big events, certainly for a few months. um, You know, maybe, heaven forbid, out through the rest of the year is going to be difficult. I think what's going to be important in the motorsport world will be for when it's safe and when it's appropriate for you know um, you know real world racing to continue, even if there aren't big uh, you know lots of spectators and lots of vendors there. Um, we we certainly support that. We can't wait. You know we want our drivers out there driving. We want people developing great car companies developing great cars. Um, so it's going to look a little different for a while, but the passion for driving and racing and cars is not going to wane during this. If anything, I think there's going to be a real pent-up desire to get out there and to drive and to race and to uh, improve our skills. Uh, so we're we're using this time not to flinch from it, but to get even better on the other side of it, and that's what we're looking forward to and excited about.
0: And I heard you say the other day on that point uh, that Haggerty is building the world's largest car community. Explain to the to the audience what you mean by that, McHale.
4: Well, you know, uh, as, as I said before, I get this question all the time is, are, you know, are, don't people just want to ride in the back of an Uber or be driven around in some autonomous pod somewhere? And I, I'm not trying to save commuting, okay? I'm trying to save driving, and, and there's a big difference to me. I like that. And, uh, you know, uh, right? And so we we got to get it. For us to do that, it, we're not going to save our way to this. There's not going to be a bunch of donors that want to see this happen. We're going to need a great big organization and a lot of successful companies to pull this all together. And so I just said, hey, look, we need to save driving. We got to create a big enough company that can do a lot of great stuff for people out there who are interested in cars. And so, you know, we're going to do it. And part of it, we have our membership organization we call Hagerty Drivers Club. Um, Agrity has a lot of different interests in the media spaces around the automotive world. We bought a company last year called Motorsport Reg, which is the way that a lot of people register for um, uh, sports car racing in particular, but all kinds of racing all around. Uh, Race Hero um, is a company that we also bought around there. So our view is it's going to take an ecosystem of great companies pulling millions of people together so that 50 years from now, 100 years from now, when people are still racing like we're seeing here and, and out on, you know, the real mid-Ohio, they're gonna say, "Who were the adults in the room that did this?" I want to be one of the adults in the room, and we're gonna make this happen.
0: Oh, I love to hear you talk like that, McKeel. Um, you, you're dragging me into your room on Saturday. Uh, once I'm finished with the Nurburgring uh, race uh, that we'll be covering here on RSL, I'm gonna be joining your Haggerty live panel discussion. I've said yes. I have to say I don't know too much about it. Tell me what what we're going to be doing.
4: Yeah, the panel. So it's, uh, by the way, go to uh, slash forward slash uh, live at 4 p.m. Saturday. We've got Pat Long. We have Jack Roush Jr. And you're going to be there with us. And we're talking about the digitization of motorsports. It's about sim racing. Uh, it's going to be a roundtable kind of all about this and how this is not some crazy idea. These are not just... Um, you know, silly little games. This is serious racing. This is serious training. And we want to start bringing some of the best minds together and, and really just bring more people. We need hundreds of thousands, millions of people understanding that this is real. And this is where the world is going. Yeah. And we're going to lower the bar of understanding so that we can make more people interested in this stuff. I mean, I, I watch this race going on right here, and I, I, I feel like I'm there for real. So we should we should make it more available and,
0: uh, you know, just make it a part of our everyday life. Well, Aya Chan, in the Porsche has gone up to P5. Uh, Mikhail Haggerty, thank you very much for joining us. This from Carol Brink in Monterey. Great to hear Mr. Haggerty on the air. Uh, love the fact they sponsor the Haggerty Marketplace at Laguna Sega. Mikhail, thanks for joining us. And whilst that was going on, the battle for the lead has not been turned down one iota but there's not either at nick damon being a real try for a pass this is what we were talking about now porsche keys to the race a bit of uh, a bit of patience required Gouvens up into fifth ahead of preor but there has been a bit of action further down the field and it involves the Haggerty porsche John Edwards in front of him and Pat Long. Excuse me, excuse me. Come, oh no, that's a bit more than excuse Ooh, me. That, that, it,
3: that would Oops. that would result in a, a very a, a full and frank um, with Anglo-Saxon language on the in an ordinary eye race. I can tell you mm. what the did you do that for? Um, just talk about what we've been seeing whilst we were hearing that really interesting chat with uh, Mr. Haggerty. Um, Philip Eng is now starting 46, he's up to 21st. Wow. So he's made 25 places and it's hovering around the top. I think in ninth, though it's the, the time is a little bit difficult to read, is uh Merco the man who's finished twice in the top five. So they are moving forward. And there's Philip Eng as he's trying now, he's got he, he's made a, a good run, but he's now got a couple of the faster forwards in front of him. Uh, I think directly in front of him is the 70 car of Daniel Morad.
0: Yeah, Philip Eng is in the red and white. That is the BMW. That was so impressive at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca for BMW team Austria, Austria. And through he goes on the Ford. Made that look very easy indeed. So, a bad qualifying for Philip Eng. And he's got to be thinking, what could have been here? It's Shinja Mishimi uh, who is next in front of him, I think. Meantime, turn Turner BMW. Robbie Ford and remember, traffic
3: ahead of them. Remember, Phillips' race is not over because we have that competition yellow. So yes. he just has to make places up because this gap, the 25 seconds behind, that will reduce at some point during this hour and a half. So he just needs to keep overtaking people, and not worry about the gap, the top four, because a lot of that will get taken care of by the competition yellow.
0: Nice piece of driving by the double zero. Nick Pearl in the PR1 Motorsports. BMW saw the leaders coming and made sure he was out of the way. The top four almost back together. Again, as Rodrigo Fluke is right on the tailpipes of the BMWs ahead of him. And behind there, it is, that's Katzburg, is it? Yeah, coming through.
2: Control have had a a bit of a word with these drivers. Since our last round at Laguna Seca, we saw a huge amount of problems with back markers getting involved in the lead battle. Uh, in Laguna Seca and influencing the race in the end you have to say but uh, the expected chaos here has not really come to fruition at the moment and the the backmarkers have been very very good at getting out of the way and I was really expecting them to compromise this lead battle and and Nicholas did a great job of just pulling over and slowing
0: down At IMSA Radio here in the Hagerty Global Broadcast Centre Mid-Ohio Sports Car calls delivering once again at the keyhole, the three leading cars, BMW, BMW and Ford. And that's Bruno Spengler, then Robbie Foley, Rodrigo fluger in the first of the Fords. Now, Rodrigo just got to keep pushing these two guys ahead of him. Really interesting I- to see these three, call it four, just pulling away from the rest of the field. And it's Ajan Guven who is up into fifth position for the first of the Porsches go
2: ahead Ben one of the men I've been following is Sebastian Trio in the Ford GT and Gubin got past him and now Conor de Filippi has just gone down the inside of him as well Trio was right up there from qualifying but just seems to be struggling for race pace and he's got the wonderful livery of Shane van Gisbergen now breathing down that Ford GT's tailpipe's
0: yeah, Shane van Gisbergen in the Invasa Sullivan livery. We normally see that uh, adorning Alexis, but with no Lexus no, to risk. No, race he's it.
2: not, he's got a special livery today. Oh, has he? Yeah, it's f- fully red bulled up now it's Oh, fantastic. is
0: he? So he's gone he's gone to his Virgin Australia supercar livery. A right.
2: version
0: of, I suppose, yeah. Right, okay. Uh, so Spengler for Oh no, actually sorry. hang on, I'm it's uh, got him. sorry. Oh, there's some hits, there's a hit oh, in the oh, leader's died.
3: Fluka got too far up the
0: inside
3: of uh, Foley. probably Foley and he just damage. took him out. That's just took him out. That's that's just bad driving, I'm afraid, from Fluka. He, he didn't brake correctly. He got up the inside and tipped him round. And that's a, a manner from heaven for Spengler. I think Foley's probably going to get away with that. It doesn't look too bad, but Fluka more, more likely has got damage. But Aja and Guven straight up there to try and take advantage of other people's misfortune. Foley, again, innocent, innocent party an accident.
0: And that was at the keyhole. There is a little bit of room down the inside, but you've got to be so decisive. And just come back to what we were saying about Van Gisbergen, he is in the AVS colours uh, this yeah, weekend. Wrong, sorry. No, no, it's all right. Sometimes we don't always see the same thing. So through turn one, Absolutely. Flukes heads, gets a good run out of turn one. He's going to have to come from a long way back. And he does come from a long way back. He's not there. He's not there. And he knew it. He climbed the kerb. And then, oh, look how much rubber there is offline as well. So this is wearing the tyres maybe a little bit more than we saw at Sebring. Is it going to be the same sort of tyre wear situation as we had at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca? Don't know about you guys, but I'm saying Rodrigo, just when I was saying he's got to keep his carb and be patient, now Porsche key to the race there, I would say, Nick Damon, that Rodrigo was a little bit um, over ambitious. That was a low percentage lunge into the keyf- keyhole there.
3: Yeah, I think you got... The thing to remember is also is you do get quite a a huge um, slipstream effect as well. You can sometimes get sucked into an error um, yeah, he just saw a look out, and, and his break, his braking position been taken a little bit, little bit further forward than it should have been. And yeah, it was 100% his error. Uh, luckily, it looks like no permanent damage for either car. Uh, Foley's continued in third, so it's Katzberg with big winner out of that. And uh, even uh, fluka has got going again but he's just behind Aya chang So, you know, again, with so much of the race to go, pit stop and the competition yellow, it's not the end of the world, but not a great start.
0: Katzberg then up in the second, so it's the BMW, Triplets Again, first, second and third. The big loser there, Rodrigo Fluga. So he made the dive and drops down to fifth position as Guven has gone through. So Guven has got through on Rodrigo Fluga, and now he's in behind Robbie Foley, hassling the back of the Turner BMW across the start-finish line. Down into turn well, one. Let's see how much of the kerb they take under the bridge. Yeah, see the damage? Porsche driver taking all the... All the kerb on the inside. I think, I think, Ben Juris that Foley, that car does not look to have lost too much space. I, I, a pace, I don't think he's had too much damage on that car.
2: Absolutely. I was just uh, going to question just how much the car uh, will be handling differently. Same with Rodrigo's car. Uh, you know, it's quite easy to dr- damage something in the setup, in the steering or, or the suspension body work wise it looks okay uh, but will he be feeling something different times at the moment no real difference to what they were before so uh, that would suggest all is good but one of the advantages of, you, if you, of actually having it
3: coming together at the slowest po- point of the track is that the actual speed of the impact is very very low there wasn't a massive speed differential but of course because the, fr- the rear end is so unload under braking it is easy to spin someone around so theoretically it shouldn't be too bad as far as damage is concerned and, and as as Ben has found out very usefully they do have what's called one fast repair so if they go into the pit stop they may be able to get a complete 100% car back in, in only 4 or 5 extra seconds they can choose not to do it in the pit stop or they can get every it'll almost everything cleaned up and a new windshield as well
0: it's Nick Damon along with Ben Constanturis and me John Hindhoff. what have we got on the clock just under half an hour we've been racing 90 minutes Started on the clock, one hour thirty actually, as it was that format. Chan Guven just dropped back a little bit from Robbie Foley at the moment, so that Turner BMW still certainly has the pace, and we're in amongst the back markers. The number 60 is AJ Allmendinger racing this weekend for Meyer Shank Racing and NBC Sports. They've got some great throwback liveries on those cars, and again, that's. Andy Blackmore at his finest, he's learning new skills and turning real-world deliveries uh, into iRacing skins as well. Down the inside, that's a pass for position as Harry Tinknell with a new look to his car for Mazda Motorsports, racing in the Ford, but a former Mazda driver as well. Looks like he's got a new race suit as well to go along with that inside. The Ford GT and the link between them, of course, Multimatic, Larry Holtz, Fabulous engineering, design and racing concern based up north of the border in Canada. Tinknell currently made up three positions, liking the way that Ford looks this weekend. And in behind him, that's a decent little battle going on there. In behind the 55, it is, who is that? That's another new colour scheme as well that I was looking at. Anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute because we've got the battle for uh, fourth and fifth lapping at the moment. More traffic. And I've got to agree with you guys, the bat markers have been uh, much more sensible, compliant and watching their mirrors. And Nick, you were seeing, and and both you and Ben race on, on iRacing. But you were saying there's really no excuse because there will be a blue flag in the driver's view. It's not like you can miss it at an oddly paced flag marshal's post as you would have that excuse in the real world.
3: As soon as the car behind you gets one and a half seconds, you get that blue flag. You have what's called a relative screen. So you can see where you are time-wise in position to the three cars ahead of you and the three cars behind you. So you do know where you are. Uh, and therefore, you, in some way, you can even have a chance to plan where to let people through to uh, to lose the least time. But yeah, it's, I think it's very obvious. They've all been sat down in the virtual room and had a virtual telling-off about their uh, behaviour as backmarkers, and uh, the behaviour so far has been significantly better than we saw at Laguna Seca.
2: Nick, I presume that, uh, much like some of the other series I'm involved with, there'll be a full set, not only of uh, regulations for the championship, but then there'll also be... Uh, supplementary reports yep. after each race bulletins issued yep. penalty points and points just like you would see after a real race weekend and uh, there will be certain notes from race control about uh, things that happen yep. in Laguna Seca uh, and things to therefore consider <laughs> just, for this race.
0: Just a couple yep. of things guys Rodrigo Fluke has got the fastest lap of the race so far with a nineteen one. that's 1 minute 19.1 so that's getting down to sort of the times we saw but still not right down what we saw in practice and qualifying. Half an hour gone, one third through the race. The battles continue and Bruno Spengler leads. He had the quality in qualifying in our Porsche keys to the race. He planted it on pole position and has not been headed. He's six tenths ahead of his teammate. Patience is a virtue. Is there patience going on behind that number 25 car at the moment for Shane van Gisbergen? As he tries to take the sixth position from Conor De Filippi. It's called madness for a reason. Well, we've seen a bit of action down at turns 4, 5 and 6. And that's already been one of our action areas. The tyres. Well, they're wearing. Look offline. Look when we see some of the faster and indeed even the slower corners. Offline, you can see that there's tyre debris offline. And the fuel strategy is still to play into this with a competition caution to come and probably one green flag pit stop. We really don't know when that competition caution is going to come. And now the pin has been pulled by Nicky Katzberg as he has caught Bruno Spengler. Spengler in traffic. Always you have the disadvantage as the leader as he's coming up to put a lap on one of the Porsches think that might be Jerome Blake and Mullen, is it as he comes through down towards the end of what would be the end of lap number 24 again great driving by it is indeed Jerome Blake and Mullen in the race planet car uh, Jerome racing for black swan racing and right motorsports
3: but it's role reversed gets. now, isn't it, John? Because it's Katzberg's chance to try and pressurise uh, Spengler into mistake. Because in the last two races, it's uh, Katzberg who's leapt out of the lead and, and been pushed and pushed and pushed by Spengler till a minor errors let uh, the Canadian through. Now it's a chance to go the other way around. And can uh, Katzberg just ease that pressure? And there's plenty of places to make a very minor error here, often actually, with quite big results from it, to be honest.
0: Ah, now these are the first scheduled pit stops or at least planned pit stops, should I say. F- say Phil. That was the uh, Ijan Guven in the pit lane from fifth position. Check that. That was fourth position. Safe Phil saying, can you explain the competition yellow? Will it bunch up the pack or will just slow everyone to a limit? No, no. It is a full uh, safety car deployed. So it will be pits closed, safety car deployed, pick up the leader, say, uh, pits opened and then safety car pulls off Phil and we'll make sure that before a full set of pit stops happens we'll have our Mazda race run down for you and run through the field but this battle for the lead at the moment is too good to take our eyes off as it's coming oh Guven's been turned around and collected
2: by Nick Tandy Uh, having just come out of the pits there he is and on cold tyres, just the lightest of touches at turns the keyhole, him round.
0: At the keyhole at the top of the hill, that was. The joy um, of having multiple feeds with Ben watching yeah, sorry, what's no, going on. No, 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 that's absolutely fine. The leaders now in behind one of the M. Vassar Sullivan BMWs, which dutifully stays out of the way down to the king. But is this the opportunity for Catsburg to make the manoeuvre? Can't get it done but Spengler now living on his wits as he goes over the top of the brow all the cambers working against the BMW there, Robbie Foley still in third you'll catch a little glimpse of the blue and yellow BMW from Turner Motorsports in the background Rodrigo Flucas close back up to him as well so let's go back and check a little bit of action from a moment or two ago now, uh, this was Nick Tandy, just got his breaking all so, wrong, did he? Oh, it wasn't Tandy, it was the, the 57. 57 was Misha it was Goikberg in the Shank Racing Ford. Tandy mm. was in close attendance, he was the next car back, but it was Misha Goikberg who turned around the Porsche of Ayashank guven and that was, of course, the leading Porsche, and it would have been the leading car to make its first stop as well. In comes Goichberg. Goich, uh, Michel Goichberg. And he's getting tyres. New set of Michelins then. 55 minutes to go. Uh, it's doable. Just on 50 to 55 minutes. As it stands at the moment. the Also, John, just
3: that, that Porsche against Porsche. The unfortunate thing was that when uh, uh, IHM was turned round, it ended up with... Uh, Tandy hitting him and sitting on top, so they both both taken extra damage and come in ah. together, even though the problem was caused, and that's why Ben thought it was Tandy who'd hit uh, it was They then hit each other and, and sat on each other, so it'd be interesting what the damage is. It be, and of course, the problem is mm. for Iachan, he's been in already, so he doesn't want to go in again regardless, whereas Goitberg can get his damage fixed very quickly, as can Nick Tandy, whilst when he comes to their, their standard stop.
0: I still think Iachan Guven is the leading car that's made a pit stop. He's scored at the moment in 15th position, and I, I think he's the leading car that's made it his first pit stop. Yeah, Sebastian Prio's just
2: come out of the pits, and Michael Lewis has also come out of the pits um, with similar length of pit stops. Um, so not quite sure where they've slotted in because I, I don't right. trust the timing screen at all or all the no. visuals I've got. And now that is that leaders in. in the no,
3: that was
0: yes. of Felipe. No, it was the for... Felipe. It was the 25. It was the 25, there's the leader on the back straight. Spengler still with Nicky Katzberg uh, in behind him. There's the dive down the inside. Got to tough it out here, side by side, but the left-hand side of the track is favourite there. You can go offline in that first right-hander because the hill straightens you out a little bit. As you head up to the left-hander at Turn 5. That's exactly what Spengler did. And he holds on to the lead. But there's a little clump of cars ahead of them. Including one of the works Porsches. Which I think is Lawrence Vanto. Actually just ahead of them. As they're into Thunder Valley.
3: And Philip Aing up to 14th, John. So he's climbing from 46th on the grid. But Katzberg there, very much that was the pass of a teammate where he pushed it to the point and then, no, that's not going to work and he's back again. I mean, that being a forward versus being and w, we could have seen a lot more toughing out over the top of the hill through five. But, nope, they then settle their, their argument. Now, I expect that what's going to happen is that uh, Katzberg's going to try and draft uh, Spender down to the main straight again and get a little bit further past him again going into the uh, turn four. But let's see if he can do it as he come up to the keyhole.
0: Uphill yes, breaking nice area Vanthor, there for the guys. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. That's Thor and Gouven ahead. Yeah. Uh,
2: so running together on track and um, battling for position as well.
0: Are they? Right, OK. So a couple of works, Porsche drivers. There's the battle for third and fourth going through the kink. And that's Foley with Fluka right in behind. There is a Ford in behind there, but the BMW is a little wider, taller. And a bit more frontal area, so difficult to see the low dark colours of the Svelte Ford GT as into the pit lane comes uh, Dan uh, Dan, uh, Goldberg, excuse me for Performance Tech out of the number six car. So that's a standard stop as well. So we're seeing a split in the strategy. We said fuel for thought, and how will? The teams and drivers split this race up. The BMWs, when they won at Sebring, went all the way to the end of their fuel. There was no competition caution there, remember. They went all the way to the end of their fuel and then did not put tyres on and ran to the end. At at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, it was a case of getting in early, filling up and then running to the end with a new set of Michelin rubber. One or two people tried other strategies, but that didn't work here. It seems that there's no great consensus, Nick Damon, about which is the best way to go. We've seen people stopping early.
3: Yeah, I think the issue is that there are 46 to 48 cars on the track, depending who's still running. And the chance of putting someone into, into free air is virtually zero. So ideally, you would put in early now and try, as Ben said, get some free air running uh, and then make up the time in, you know, with the undercut. But just you can't find a place where there's not 92,000 cars on the
0: track at the time. Yeah, exactly right. Ryan Hardwick in the 16 Porsche for Wright Motorsports with the VP Fuel Livery uh, this weekend. That was the 16 Porsche that was just dropping off the jacks and heading back out. Oh, huge accident, Pat Long's gone around right in front of the leader. Three Porsche. no, it's not Pat Long, excuse me, it's one of the BMWs, is it? Or is that, no, I, I was right the first time. It was ha- it was the Haggerty car of Pat Long, uh, right as you go over the top of the hill at uh, turn nine, as the oh. leaders are in the pits, leaders in the pit lane. Now, there's 50 minutes to go, so easy to go all the, the way from Tom. here. See again, Nick.
3: Big accident in the background of the carousel. I couldn't see who it was. Two cars just went off at the uh, and then down the hill into the barriers of the carousel. That was, wasn't was too far behind our leaders. It wasn't the third and fourth because they're on camera right now. So there are the now first and second quarters, Foley and, uh, and Arrigo. So those two are now fighting for the lead whilst the two BMWs fuel up. But there has been quite a lot of action at the back of the, uh, the shot as cars are falling off.
0: So... Turn to BMW and Robbie Forley leads it. What happened to Pat Long right in front of the leaders? He was just ahead of one of the works Porsches and just lost it. And not even at the top of the hill either. And that was the leader coming alongside. And very nearly got cleaned up there. We've seen that happen in the past. So now what happens to Robbie Forley He's halfway around the lap. He's got Rodrigo Fluca in behind him. First and second, absolutely together as they head through the S's under the Honda Bridge. So Katzberg now the decision, ahead
2: of Stengler.
0: say again, Katzberg out of the pits, ahead of Stengler. Thanks Ben, well that's a change in the pit lane then, we've seen that happen before with those BMWs, so sure. how will that play out, and has and what was the difference here, it's one lap longer for the other BMW, the turn of BMW, I said the pit lane had to be watched, and there was a little touch there, as Fluger did not get down to the pit lane speed limit, quickly enough now who's gone through, I reckon Westbrook no, he's in the pits as well I'll tell you who's leading in a moment it's one of the JDC Fords coming through there with the number 10 BMW of Nicky Cadsburg behind him so Nicky Cadsburg is the effective leader because he's the first car out on track that I think that has made his stop but let's wait until we've had all the stops and then we'll do a Mazda full field rundown. Now, let's see what happens.
2: There's a lot of cars in the pits right now. And and Philip Eng,
3: who started 46, has scored as the leader overall. So, um, that, But he hasn't sure that's stopped. Like, he hasn't stopped, yeah. So he's, he's managed to, to leap the entire field. Now he might have some clean air.
0: Fluka out uh, in front of Robbie Foley. Now, is that a time stopped? They know there's a competition caution coming, guys. Would you have taken the gamble? Short fuel to get track position and then possibly try and save some fuel behind the safety car it's a dangerous game to play that really dangerous Actually, game to play Ben Foley's pit stop is
2: slow nearly 39 seconds stationary as opposed to Bruno Spengler who was 30 and Katzberg at 27 Fluka right. at 34 the only short stop showing on my uh, timing screen is Shane Van Gisbergen in just 10 second stop can't guarantee that that's correct but uh, if it is
0: something going on there Tinkle from the lead into the pits for the
3: you, you might expect actually for the the Fluker and the, uh, um, the Foley stops to be slightly longer because they will have some repairs after they're coming together
0: well yeah and, and don't forget there was another bang coming into the pit lane as well side yeah. by side Action there for Bruno Spengler as he was trying to go by the JDC Miller-Ford. And that was a danger time. Not for Spengler, excuse me, for Katzberg, the effective leader as he comes through. So big shake-up. I reckon Van Gisbergen leads in the 97. Coming out the keyhole now, but also a pit stop. So another very measured run by Shane Van Gisbergen. He was brilliant at the end of the race a couple of weeks ago and was taking chunks out of the leaders now what's his lap time like last time around well his best was a 1.19.2 we've not seen an 18 yet and I'm rather surprised by that so Van Gisbergen could probably go another couple of laps to completely take the tank of fuel will he risk that or Will he come in now?
3: I think. We, I think if he wanted to, he could run to almost the hour, John. You can get yeah. just shy of an hour from these cars. They've got now perhaps four or five laps, but it's yeah. it's that risk and reward because they're all they're all going for two sets of tyres. So you may as well even up the uh, the joy of both those sets. But he, but he, Oh,
0: cautions he caution, out, John. Cautions out. This is the competition caution. And Van Gisbergen's just passed the pit lane entrance. The pits are closed. Here comes the Porsche safety car on the left-hand side of the track and will pick up the leader. Well, this is great news for anybody who's taken a pit stop already. Oh, extraordinary stuff.
3: That's, that's an absolute disaster for Shane Van Gisbergen. If, if he had just pulled in the previous lap, he would have been, we, we, we'd been lauding him as a genius, but he's gone one lap too far, as had Alessandro Balzan and the Ferrari. But it now means that and lining up behind them pretty soon will be Katzberg and Spengler, who are, of course, the net leaders.
2: Uh, boys, but I'm seeing those two with very short pit stops on my timing screen. Just 10-second stops from Gisbergen and Balzan. Uh, the first not to stop Matt Bell in fifth position uh, or is he even in fourth position? Uh, he's showing as the first non-stopper on my screen.
0: Right.
3: Yeah. I think. I think. There are, we, we, I think it's fair. We have to. There are some some slight confusion with the timing. I've got. A, I've got a a, a, a time screen here that's saying no stop to show Van Gisbergen, but it's showing some time in the lane.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs>
3: But I don't think he stopped because I don't think he was he was wasn't that close to Spengler or Katzberg to be that far ahead. So I, I, he can't have actually stopped and, and done anything meaningful because the, the, the fuel stop itself is is a, is a reasonable amount. It's more than 10 That's seconds right. for the fuel. So, you yeah. know, he, and, and he wasn't on the tail of the BMW. He was he was down in, what, six or seventh, and a good seven or eight seconds back. So, you know. Stranger things have happened, and it it was was hundreds and hundreds of cars coming in at the same time. But even so, I don't think Van Gisbergen stopped, and I certainly don't think Matt Bell stopped in the uh, Rebel Rock 71 car.
0: Quickie yellow we're hearing from race control. We won't even have time to do a Mazda race rundown. And we'll get that going and run you through the fields once we get back under green flag. So what happens at this point then? Shall we quickly run down the field is how it stands at the moment? Let's do that. Let's have our, our Mazda race run down because we're getting one more yellow flag lap. So that's perfect timing. So here's how they stand at the moment. Behind the Porsche safety car, our Mazda race run down. Through the field, Shane van Gisbergen leads. But we reckon has not made his fuel stop. Second, Alessandro Balzan. Forget about the gaps at the moment because we're behind the safety car. Then Katzberg has made his stop, and I reckon it's the net leader ahead of his teammate, Bruno Spengler. And Robbie Foley has also stopped, and he's in fifth position. So the three BMWs that were the sharp end of the field earlier on are still in very good position. Tristan Vautier is next up, and I reckon he hasn't stopped. Uh, although Conor de Filippi no, I don't think. No, I think he has stopped. Yes, Conor DeFilippi. Ben was watching that stop. Then Fluka. He's really lost out again. This happened to him a, a couple of weeks ago. Then Prio and the top ten made up by Mirko. Portolotti, Richard Westbrook in eleventh position, and Michael Lewis in twelfth. That's your master race rundown as the safety car lights are out. So, gentlemen. What does Van Gisbergen do now? I suppose what he's got to do is to absolutely try and hammer away here for a couple of laps before he dives into the pit lane.
3: And... Well, I think I think John that Ben's found out he's actually made a very quick stop. Is that right, Ben?
0: I
2: don't think he has. Yeah, yeah. In the um, replay by rating, you can you can rewind and actually I can visually see him in pit lane, stopped for 13 seconds only. Okay. Uh, so certainly didn't take tyres, but certainly also couldn't have refuelled
0: fully either. How much fuel do you need to get to the end uh, with this competition caution? It's going to stretch him out a little bit, so maybe he's going to go again and then try a splash at the end. Perhaps he's on, on this. Safety this car, a- there was... A- It'd yeah, lights have been out for in. half a lap, so they're going to go green this time.
3: I wonder when Gisbert was, was, was gambling on the fact that the competition caution would come late in the race and he would get a splash, a free splash and
0: dash. So into the pit lane for the Porsche safety car, lap cars in between the leading runners. Katsberg is the first. That have done what we might call a proper stop. Did Katz- Katzberg must have took tyres as well. If he was in the pits for the t- length of time you were talking about. Uh, ben. So he's leading. Spengler. Effective leader. Shall we say. In behind traffic at the moment. And this is great news for van Gisbergen. Van Gisbergen's made a break. And look at the gap he's got on the rest of the field. Through the kink and down towards China Beach and mass- Madness. And then... Well, it's a traffic jam behind him and inevitably the Hublot, Ferrari and one of the Fords have come together. Goitberg uh, again. Was it Goitberg? Yeah. Yep. So 57 and 63. It's so Balzane that was Alessandro Balzan. Yeah. Well, Balzan was running well up, but he hadn't made his stop and Goitberg, as you rightly said, Nick, good spot there. But Van Gisbergen has cleared out. He has made his bid for freedom and is disappearing into the distance John Dageese hello John from SportsCart365 following along and watching the live timing and scoring at radio-show.co.uk he says SVG might be able to make it from here it's only 30 seconds for a full tank and if he took 13-14 seconds that's nearly half a tank did he get enough in to manage to get him to the end if he was up stationary for 13 seconds. I know John's got an iRacing account as well, so he'll have done some laps round here. He'll have been looking at the fuel and the tyre numbers. The question for me is, will he have the grip at the end because he can't have changed tyres? Absolutely could not have done the tyres. Two and a half seconds, Van Gisbergen. What happened to Balzan? Oh, he was absolutely nailed by Goitberg. And that's going to be annoying for Balzan because that was a position for him. He'd fought his way up there in his first race in the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational. And, yeah, he had to take a pit stop. But he was still battling it out the short end, sharp end of the field.
3: Uh, John, so Shane Van Ginsberg in the last race in Laguna Seca was by far the gentlest on his tyres. he Very, very nearly picked up the win at the end. He was getting hand over fist on the uh, the, the Spengler BMW. However, if the other BMWs have now got fresh rubber, they that A won't be a problem. Oh, spin B, the they pit actually lane. have the advantage, yeah, it was a Porsche spin bit lane. They'll have the advantage in the last half hour or last twenty minutes when they will have much better tires. Even however well you're uh, you're using your soft shoed sandal loafers to get the car around, you will have heavy tire wear round mid Ohio after an hour and twenty minutes of fast racing.
0: SVG being from the antipodes, he'll be wearing thongs, won't he? Good point, which is what yeah, they call point. flip-flops. Um, I've just had the word from Mvassa Sullivan. They reckon they are fuelled to the end. They reckon Van Gisbergen is fuelled to the end of the race and therefore, unless something goes wrong, he will not be visiting the pit lane again. So that's the word from Ian Vassa Sullivan on Shane Van Gisbergen. I find that extra extraordinary, gentlemen, but I'm not going to argue. They're the guys, that's the team. He's, he's la- that's lead's that's been... what those hundreds of practice laps were all about, John, wasn't it? Absolutely. Out
3: exactly what the fuel consumption was. I'm sure they've done race runs. I mean, the, the grip will be slightly different. One of the good things about uh, iRacing is you can actually choose to have the track surface as it would be when it has been heavily used. You haven't got a practice like you do in real life on a virgin surface. You can actually say, oh, I'm, going to, I'm going to wind the grip up so it's actually like it would be with 50 cars going around.
0: Spengler's just put in the fastest lap of the race at work. was That, that uh, honour was... To rodrigo fluke but it's a 19 flat now 19-1 from katzburg uh, and, and van gisbergen has done
2: a 19-3 ben john i can confirm that the uh, the bmws with their 30 second pit stops did change tires uh, in comparison to just a few drivers that chose fuel only the next one down though uh, is alessandro balzan also kenton uh, kenton cook managed to do a fuel only Uh, According to my timing screen, he's now sitting in 17th position.
0: There's the first 18. Spengler, last time around, 118.993, 9.93, his best. And they are closing in almost inexorably. Cue up the Jaws music for Katzberg and Spengler. But Van Gisbergen, the past master, at being light on the Michelin tyres. Look at the traffic through madness. Tinknell in the orange car, 67, uh, alongside him. Uh, is the other Ford of Richard Westbrook and A.J. Allmendinger going three wide as well in the number 60, further down, uh, further up the field in the Shank Racing NBC Sports entered BMW M8 GT Le Mans. And in the back of that shot,
3: the red and white BMW Philippe, Philippe has Eng. now made up just 33 positions, John.
0: Yeah, 13th overall, having started way down. and 46th. Only 13 seconds away from the leader. I don't think he's going to get to the sharp end of the field in terms of a podium, but what a drive that is already from Philip Eng.
2: And if you're wondering where the first, the Porsches are, uh, I can Govens had a second stop. Oh. Nick Tandy's had a second stop. Guven's in 18th position, but Tandy, uh, I think, may be out of the race because he's still in the pits after four minutes So uh, not going well for Porsche brand. In fact, Ferrari ahead of them with uh, James Collado, the best, uh, sorry, the second best of the Ferraris behind Alessandro Balzan, uh, who is 15.
0: AJ Allmendinger really hanging it out a moment or two ago. Three wide through madness, where, to be honest, you can seldom get too wide. Harry Tignall looking forward to the a BMW going round the outside of, what? my goodness it, actually threading the needle, the eye of the needle AJ Allmendinger dinger as he went by Richard Westbrook in the 67 Porsche that was very, very brave indeed from the Dinger, a little bit of paint traded I think between those two top three, in fact top four, all BMWs heading up towards the keyhole, Van Gisbergen then it's Katzberg, then F- uh, Spengler, then Foley. That's your top four, separated by nothing at all. Katzberg Behind puppy. them, it's Collin another BMW, and uh, Rodrigo Fluke, even after that long pit stop, still running in the Ford and turning in good times, 19-6, last time around. And remember, that number 47, the black, red and white Ford, has done a 19-1, so there's pace in that car triple one, the Multimatic car is Sebastian Priot the Guernseyman proud Guernseyman and Sebastian just ahead of the JDC Miller car in a battle for position, that's Tristan Tristan Vortier, that's 7th and 8th behind them, Merkel Bortolotti is another Ford, so we've got a bunch of BMWs at the front and then a phalanx of Fords filling up the remaining top 10 positions
2: it's about John, this point, I think uh, we that, spoke um, a... Sorry, Nick. Come on, Ben. Come on, Ben. Come on, ben. Uh, we spoke of a, a little bit each race about the performance of Richard Westbrook both at uh, Sebring and the opener and then Laguna Seca. He's been running well. Uh, he's in 11th position right now, uh, but his pit stop was two minutes long. So, had he been able to do a shorter, normal length pit stop at 30 seconds, he could be right up there.
0: Spengler, third. Right behind I, him, falling and, uh, in fourth position, Nick.
3: Spengler at the moment, I think, is the fastest car, Then He's, he's probably being slightly bottled up by Katzberg ahead of him, who is obviously not got the. I don't know they're weaving down the straight as he looks to get the inside of uh, Van Gisberg going into turn four. That's a hard move to make, but Van Gisberg already suffering from not having as much grip, but he has track position, and it's you have to say, if you're almost fast enough, round here, you can probably hold people back for until you make even the most micro of errors.
0: Or until somebody gets. Uh, frustrated (laughs) Uh, of course down the oh yes that's not a passing place going over the top of the rise into Thunder Valley Van Gisbergen, in Vassa Sullivan they've rolled the dice remember in our Porsche keys to the race we mentioned about the fuel and tyre strategy well they've rolled the dice on both took a short pit stop with no tyres to get SVG to the end of the race he got the track position he led the race but that two-second, two-and-a-half-second advantage that he had after a splendid restart has gone. And now he's driving on his wits. Four BMWs up the hill towards the keyhole. What have we got left? One hour elapsed, 30 minutes to go. Just a little bit over that at the moment. 31 minutes, let's call it, in another fabulous IMSA Racing Pro Invitational. This is round three at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course presented by Haggerty. Nick Damon, Ben Constanturos, and me, John Heinthoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Center, and that four BMW train.
3: Yeah. Well, I, Nick, I think... we
0: watched we watched this kind of racing for 24 hours yes. at the Nurburgring Nordschleife at the weekend, and the the precision and the skill of these drivers to be this close lap after lap is just absolutely extraordinary.
3: Yeah, and I think also at this point, having a bit of eye racing experience, if I was uh, Spengler, I'd be leaving a bit of a gap because you've got a very, very keen man in second <laughs> looking at a guy in first. And at this point, you sit there rubbing your hands, especially when you've got you know, half an hour. You can leave them to have an argument for 10 minutes and just see what happens. And it may be you'll find yourself in the lead without trying.
0: So that top four then have got around about two seconds, maybe a little more, between Robbie Foley at the back ...of that four-car train. Conor De Filippi, who's in rather splendid isolation, actually, at the moment... ...because he's got 3.7 seconds back to Rodrigo Flueger in the Ford uh, in sixth. Then Sebastian Fri- Priot, another Ford, in seventh. Then it's Tristan Vortier in eighth. Richard Westbrook in ninth. is just three-tenths behind Vortier. Then Kyle Masson is a long way further back in tenth position uh, for BMW. Top four, still having a little bit of a dispute... The thing here, Ben, for me is, with still half an hour to go, you can't afford here to make, with all the pit stops done, you can't really afford to make a move that doesn't work, that causes you damage and slows you down. Uh, And
2: also, they're all of the same brand, aren't they? So BMW would not be happy if anything happened between these four cars. Uh, They'll all have been working together as well with the same engineers and team manager. I know that VS Competition heavily involved uh, as a sim racing team in BMW Motorsport as a sim uh, manufacturer. Uh, So they will be monitoring this heavily. Uh, Another little bit of news that I've been following, Miko Bertolotti was inside the top 10. He's just taken his second pit stop. It was only for 3.7 seconds. So clearly his first pit stop, he didn't get his fuel numbers right. He's had to go and get a bit more.
3: Uh, that's, that's unfortunate because, that, of course, Merco has made top five both times, and that's going to drop him way out of that contention. But those little errors do come when you're just, you know, judging by the tenth of the second, you get minimum amount of liters in. And sometimes you just get it
0: slightly wrong. How much do we think here, guys? There's a bit. Of, we, we know that Katzberg and Spengler can talk to each other uh, in terms and do talk to each other in terms of being quote-unquote teammates. Different coloured cars but we know they've worked together and talked together before. But, Nick, there was certainly no team orders played out at Sebring. We asked that question in the Michelin post-race tech interviews.
3: Well, you've got several radio channels um, available to you on iRacing, racing. There's a teams channel. There's a general channel. You can talk to everyone. You can, of course, as Ben said, you can have your own spotter come in and, and, and talk to you as well. Now, I'm not. sure I doubt there's a BMW channel that is talking to all four of these drivers. My guess is Van Gisbergen is running a separate race tactically. Uh, though, as I said, with the cooperation of setup and and practice over the past week or so. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The uh, Spengler and um, uh, Katzberg will be able to talk to each other. But at the moment, I'm sure the conversation is quite light because they're concentrating on looking for advantage. And noticeably, Spengler is still trying to get, look for that edge to get past Katzberg. He's not sending Katzberg as the uh, as the missile to try and uh, remove the Australian.
0: One nineteen eight. Last time for Van Gisbergen. A 19.5 before that. His best is a 19.2. He's definitely holding up the other three BMWs, but he's pacing himself towards the end. Now, what will happen, of course, eventually, Ben, is that the tyre the performance on these cars, as we get down to the last 10-15 minutes maybe, might just equalise. And Van Gisbergen, who's taking it easy at the moment, he's making the other guys move around behind him, go offline, maybe use that tyres just to. A little bit more. And what he's hoping, of course, is that he can keep that track position long enough. Oh, it's a Ooh, touch. Oh. There was a touch for the leader there. And Katzberg's turned round Van Gisbergen. That was I a touch. That yeah, was that, a that, touch. That, that,
3: that was a touch as far as the uh, programme was concerned. But to me, visually, they didn't actually touch. So that was... Um, the conceptual idea, of course, because we talk about this in, in any virtual racing, that actually the cars aren't in the same part of the track at the same time because of what's called ping, the delay between what comes from your steering wheel and your pedals and what goes into the computer. But let's see whether he was actually hit or not. But look, like right. the second time there was no
0: contact. Let's have well, a look. Coming through to the end of the S's, Van Gisbergen turns in. Yeah, there's a hit. Hit on the left rear, uh, right rear. Uh, and we've seen Katzberg... Do that a couple of times. Stick his nose in. Wouldn't, I wonder what it looked like from Katzberg from the onboard. We might be able to grab a, a look at that. I know Drew's looking at it. Oh, and he gets hit again.
3: Yes, that's that's the one that's going to do some damage. That he's, second that's, one. That's he's done. by the Porsche. That's really bad luck for for Shane because he was going to recover to perhaps fifth or sixth. But uh, that's really unfortunate. And the, the, the what is the, the what I was talking about about this kind of. Um, predictive accident is a thing called net code. it's where the the, the computer is, is working out whether they would have got together if it wasn't for the fact that they told them apart because of the, uh, the delay between the actual movement and what's happening on the uh, the centralized uh, program here so that's like called a net code thing and we need get several more angles of that perhaps after the race just to see whether it was an actual physical touch or what was assumed to be a predicted touch effectively
0: you saw the car snap sideways. It certainly wasn't an error from van Gisbergen. And now a battle for the lead as Katzberg and Spengler are side by side. Coming out the carousel towards the end of the lap. And they'll go across the line, still side by side. Robbie Foley sits in behind them. There's a touch. Now that definitely was a touch. And he comes Foley down the inside. Ooh, and Spengler. Spengler goes around. Spengler goes around and recovers. But has lost ground. And through goes Conor de Filippi and the other red BMW. Into third. More... Bavarian on Bavarian action there. BMW really giving themselves a lot of work to do if they're going to lock out this top five as they were. Rodrigo Flueger now back up to fourth position uh, and Sebastian Prior into fifth after that. But that seemed to me, Ben Juris a little bit unnecessary. Spengler got around the outside, but I'm not sure that he was there. And we'll be able to have another look at that. He's not quite all the way there. No, oh, but no doubt in no doubt in my mind, Katzberg moved over to the to the right hand side. Great driving by Felipe, by the way, to miss Spengler, who was uh, across the road. Looked to me as though Nicky Katzberg didn't track Ben Constanduros straight and true into Turn One. No, he was
2: trying to take the racing line, and there was still an overlap. He will have known there was an overlap. It would have been said to him if he's got his automatic spotter or if he's got a manual spotter. Uh, so he would have known that car was there. And by getting sideways, he then got collected by Foley as well behind.
0: Well, frustration's beginning to show through. But, but this is, this is
3: mid-Ohio. There is, there is no obvious place to overtake. So if you get half an overlap, you've really got to force it and then, you know, take those four-corner overtakes. And, uh, yeah, certainly Katzberg's very strong in his defence there. And perhaps, to be honest, Spengler should be, you know, when you're seven-eighths behind a car, perhaps you need to back out if you're about to go into a fast corner.
0: Well, you mentioned that about Spengler before when the the SVG and, and Katzberg were racing and that very close-quarters action can easily backfire and you can get caught up in someone else's accident so we are down to the last 22 and a half minutes so into the final stages and let's hope everybody's got the fuel numbers right because that's the next thing to go that was our final Porsche key to the race make sure that you get the fuel numbers right this is a really interesting circuit. Seen it in real life back in the American Le Mans Series days, with Audis and the big R8s, exceptionally fuel efficient. Managed to go with a stop fewer than everyone else, and you, but you have got to get those numbers right,
2: Ben. Go ahead, John. Just looking at that incident between Spengler and Katzberg. There was the lightest of touches coming through the last two corners that just put Katzberg offline, which allowed Spengler at least alongside through the first and second parts. But, of course, that put Spengler on the outside all the way down the straight. And that then resulted in him getting sideways when they got to turn one.
0: Uh, let's take a run through the field with another one of our Mazda race rundowns. Uh, we'll check out some of the drivers, first of all, Lawrence Vanto just outside the top 20 in 22nd position. I notice he's put some silverware in view there. He's (laughs) won plenty of it. A picture of concentration. Pat Long and the Haggerty Porsche at CXC Simulations. And he's in 27th position at the moment working his way back after a couple of incidents but staying in the race like to see that it's the black coloured Porsche Daniel Morad up to 19th position with the VR headset on as well as all the screens just in case something should go wrong but the full immersive experience and uh, very much more laid back driving position more of a prototype driving position for the Canadian 19th position in the number 70 BMW at the moment driving for WRT speedster Audi Sport so let's take our Mazda race run down then with 20 minutes to go Nikki Katzberg leads the race by well the distance of a couple of BMWs is all isn't it about six tenths of a second from in second place, Turner BMW, Robbie Foley Is this to be his race after awful luck in the first couple of rounds of the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational? Third position, it's another BMW, Conor De Felipe, who was almost stealthed up to third position in the red BMW number 25 that he drives for BMW, IMSA Team Red. Then behind them, the first of the Fords, Rodrigo Fluke started on the second row in the 47. Has had good pace, but has also had a longer pit stop than he would have liked it. And then Sebastian Prio in fifth and Spengler in sixth. Let's take a, another quick look at the drivers and where they are driving from. Here's the Mazda Race rundown for you. And... Looking there at Aaron Taylor in 24th position, blacked out his room using his race gloves as well. And behind Aaron is one of the Porsches there. That looks like Jerome Blakeham Harland's car from the rear view camera. I do like the fact that they are so sharp that I could tell that even looking <laughs> on a relatively small screen there. Now, Philip Eng is getting close to Westwood. Westwood close to Corey Lewis. And that is all battle for position. Eng in the red and white at number 26, Team Austria BMW. And that's been a good drive from him. That's the battle for sixth. I think it's sixth, seventh and eighth. Oh, actually, Spengler's yeah, actually, Curry, in
2: there as well. Corey Lewis is, um, is a lap, lap down, down. John,
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and
2: he wasn't getting out of the way of Westy and Philippe Eng having a battle. Uh, eventually, they managed to get past him, but he wasn't conceding. And that's allowed Eng to get right onto the tail of Westie. Now they're in clear air. And actually, Westy's being able to pace Eng. And Eng's finding it more and more tricky to make progress. It's been, as you say, a fantastic effort from him starting so far back and not getting a qualifying lap in but it does seem like the progress is slightly stunted now Westy e is about a second and a half behind Spengler in sit who will also be looking to try and make progress after that earlier incident
3: well, that's what you expect. I mean, obviously, he, he got through a number of people who, in the first lap who'd fallen off and had their instance. And then you kind of gradually crawl up. Eventually, you get to the people you should have been fighting with in the first place. And thanks to the competition yellow, he's only eight and a half seconds off the lead. But he's going to have to make some good passes and look after his tyres and fuel if Philips and he get the place where he really thinks he should be, which is the podium.
0: It's Nick Damon. Before that, you heard Ben constant Juris with me, John Heindorf, in the Hegarty. Global Broadcast Centre, sorry, just watching the timing screen here and the battle further down the field for fourth position. Now on the right hand side of the screen, Rodrigo Pfluger has got Sebastian Prio in the similar Ford. So the black Ford from the white and blue Ford and then Bruno Spengler recovering in the BMW behind him, it's Westbrook and then Philip Eng. All of those cars gently coming together here and that will effectively be the battle for fourth position in this interim. yeah and they
2: just caught um colin brown just at the wrong moment there that's why that battle concertina because uh, brown was caught just in the middle of a corner by uh Fluka, and eventually he managed to get out of the way but not before they were both delayed yeah it's good to see the frauds finally having a decent second half of the race Absolutely. and finally
3: seeing the cars Performing as we expect them to, obviously we've got Rigo Fluga, who is the fastest car, did pop a lot of his copybook slightly with the coming together with Robbie Foley, but they have now got the uh, the strength to see this second half of the race out. Spengler looking very very racy around and about Sebastian Prio but you know he's got two wins in the sixth I mean at the moment in the bank, does he actually need to move forward? He's thinking about the championship, or are they just thinking about the individual races still?
0: It's racing iRacing Pro Invitational Round Three presented by Haggerty. Middle High Sports Car course and off in front of Prio. That was the bright green Ferrari that was in the grass for a moment, and that would have taken Sebastian Prio's eye line just a little bit. But he's kept out of the way, and Prio just about holds on to his position from Spengler as they go through Madness with Fluker ahead. This is all getting a bit exciting here, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th and 8th all together yeah. and Harry Tinknell is lapping quicker than all of them ahead and he's only four and a half seconds further back in ninth.
2: Yeah so that is uh, Westie and Eng now having been released getting onto the tail of this group and this battle Um, and with the mix of Ford and BMWs, there'll be no love lost and they'll be able to really attack your own Blakeamola in front of all of them uh, should be able to be passed before they get to turn
0: one. Line of five cars in a battle for position whilst at the head of the field. The gap between Katzberg and Robbie Fawley's barely been half a second for the last five or six laps. It remains the same, we'll keep an eye on that because we can't take our eyes off this battle for fourth position. Prior tries down the inside into the keyhole. Really strange corner at the keyhole. It's an uphill braking area, and then just as you turn in, it starts to fall away. Really difficult to hold the car to the right-hand side in the middle part of the corner. If you go half a car's width off, you are absolutely toast because you can't get the power on for the long straight. Spengler down the inside of the Multimatic Ford, but he can't get that done. Westbrook in the eggshell blue Ford he's trying for position and Philip Eng is thinking I've got a bit of this as well for one moment there there were three wide A hip, hip him checks out. him hip checks him goes through so Philip Eng hip checks Westy and makes up a position that's seventh now for Philip Eng in the Team Austria BMW the red and white car that was forceful driving
3: that was I think in the words of 70s football that was hard but fair to be honest Ooh, and he, that, that, who was that? That's Did a that broken some just, some BMW. Out, or was it some just getting out of the way? I think it was, it's, it, it, I do feel for some of these back because I've been slightly off the pace in races, and, you, and you've got six or seven cars coming past you, and you want to get out of the way, but they, if you're down a the straight, they want to use you for an aerodynamic um, uh, slipstream as well. So you're trying to get out of the way, and they're coming right behind you. Going, ah! <laughs> you go, what are you doing? And they go, shoot past. And Of course, if you block them at all, they get very upset,
0: even though you're trying to get out of their way. Uh, Ryan Hardwick's just gone straight on, I think, at the... Keyhole to get out the way in the light blue right Porsche. As the this battle for fourth position continues, here comes Prio. He's got a really good run out the keyhole. Fluke's got to go to the right hand side and defend. You can get this done round the outside, but you've got to do it out. but here comes Spengler. Contact. Oh, there's a touch. Fluke goes round. Prio goes off and through goes in. Oh that's an awful oh, yeah. rejoin. An oh, awful Prio's rejoin by back. Prio. <coughs> awful rejoin. Spenler, taken off Westbrook awful rejoin by Sebastian Prio as he went across the grass I don't know whether he touched Fluke first or Spengler took him first but Eng was the one who benefits and Eng's through to fourth position. Where did he start, Nick? Oh, and there's the right motorsports car. 46. Going around. 46. Yeah. it
3: be really interesting to see that whole incident from uh, Sebastian's point of view, because I think he may have been tipped off, possibly by Spengler in the first place. And of course, once you're on the grass, you're just trying to hold the thing together and keep it out of the barriers. And it's very difficult not to re-emerge on the track somewhere, especially with this snake-like uh, serpentine shape of uh, mid-Ohio. Suddenly, you just find yourself back on the track again. Unlucky, it took Spengler out. But that's, that must be deserving about seven different
0: replays. Well, we'll get to that in a moment as the leader's going down through the kink. They've got traffic ahead of them. Let's just watch them for a moment. No, that's all right. So, coming down towards turn four, and Seb Seb, Seb hits Fluker. Fluker goes sideways. Seb tries to go around him. I'm not sure that Spengler did hit Sebastian. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. And then he got nailed by Prio as Prio came back on and Westy was the innocent party and got picked up by the spinning Spengler. But that to me, Nick Damon, and Ben will be looking at this from the onboards as well. It's got a Nick first. That looked like it was Sebastian Prior who tipped the back yeah. of Fluka into the original spin and everything else was the consequence. I'm afraid that if we
3: are portioning blame for that, that chaotic accident then it's unfortunately it's uh, young Sebastian Prior because he did tip Fluka, Fluka blocked uh Spender tried to avoid him. The second the second accident when uh, sebastian came back on the track that's just bad luck that's just one of those things because um, you are a passenger when you're on the grass just trying to keep out the barriers it's just really unlucky that for both Spengler and westbrook what happened next but yeah the initial three-party accident was unfortunately seb's fault
2: yeah although for me Fleuber did break very very early when he was defending he was kind of in the middle of the road not really defending not really attacking and and Seb was put in a very difficult position because he had the overlap, but he didn't really want to open the door to the inside. So it was a really tricky situation down there. And for me, Fluger was early on the break because he wasn't sure how, where he was on track and how much grip he had. Uh, either way, definitely damaged. And now, uh, uh, well, he I, I thought he was going down the order, but actually he's
0: now in sixth position. I just, I thought that Seb was going to try and do that run round the outside in four and then block pass up the hilt to to five and it, it's kind of that he, he he sort of bottled out of it and decided not to do it we can have a look at the onboard from Sebastian Prior he's dragging up behind Fluka oh sorry this is an incident with the just all said. right this, that is Fluka yeah he just he just knocks the back of Fluka Fluka comes round and then, as Nick said, he is a passenger, and he rejoins and absolutely nails Spengler. Uh, and after that, it's chaos. And then, when he gets back on the track after all of that, he comes up behind James Collado. That is in the Racing competition. Uh, and that is—I know that's the 70 car. That's Daniel, Daniel
3: Morra. That's Mourad Daniel Morra. In, his, in it the is, other he, port. He, It is. It has a VR accident. That was yeah good 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 sexy reverse there by Daniel got that very quickly yeah I mean I think I think with I I can see what Ben says about
0: uh uh, oh Kenton Cook just spun off at the top of the hill at five and hit the barriers on the left-hand
3: side yeah about Rubio breaking early but I still think it's down to Seb not to hit him
2: and Goober's just gone ahead of Fluka as well for sixth position so considering two pit stops and not a very good day for Porsche Güven is suddenly doing amazing things. Uh, probably has very good tyres. Well, and style. there's the he point, the Ben. Only, yeah, only 20 laps ago.
0: Yeah, and there's the point, Ben. And what did we see after that competition caution? Who will have the tyres at the end? It's about fuel and tyres at the end. And Güven uh, is well back from the leaders, but now only three seconds away from Harry Tinknell, who is next up the road to him. So Tinks has come through as well, I think. Just watching my timing screen. Yeah, Tinks has come through. The two BMWs are leading it.
3: Yeah, I, think, I think Tinknell made the most of those three or four other cars having the problem Absolutely. caused by, so by Prio. So he's now picked up a nice lot of extra points. But uh, Foley is getting, uh, Foley getting quite close to Catsburg now. He's thinking about this. he have got seven minutes to go. So what, four laps, five laps? And he's now thinking about what can I do to become a winner here in mid-Ohio?
0: And there's still lots of cars out on the track as well. So opportunity in traffic. Leaders through the S's and up over the brow to Thunder Valley. Robbie Foley follows in the wheel tracks of the leader. Nikki Katzberg as they come round to complete the 61st lap here in the third round of the IMSA Racing Pro Invitational presented by Haggerty at Mid Ohio Sports Car Course. And still to come VIR and Watkins Glen, of course. And um, Road America. And Rod America, yes, absolutely. Through turn one, up the hill. BMWs first and second, third place at the moment. It's a long way back after that schmozzle that we had. Well, Robbie Foley, as Nick Damon rightly said, has had... Well, the only look he's had is bad luck in the early parts of the first two races of this series. He kept out of trouble and he's clearly got the pace that we thought his qualifying should in the previous two races. He's played an absolutely storming game for Turner B.MW. I really wish that we kept Van Gisbergen in this because I would love to have seen what happened as the tyre performance evened out towards the end, but that wasn't to be. So Philip Eng makes it three BMWs in the top three. Eng now just 2.7 seconds behind this lead battle. And you've got to say, for me, Eng's the drive of the race, Ben, because he's, he's made up so many positions. His tactics has been perfect. And he's not got a scratch on the car on that red and white BMW Team Austria machine. It happened a little, little bit earlier on
2: uh, in Laguna Seca. He got to the lead uh, with about 15 minutes from remaining before then getting caught up by backmark. And so it's taken a bit more time here, as you would expect that was impressive. Foley
3: there got wiped out who was it who clunked him
0: that's oh, another one of the BMWs down the field I'm afraid I was looking away at uh, uh, Twitter yeah, at to Radio massive advantage to Katzberg
3: with five minutes to go yeah
0: uh, so uh, it's the purple
3: and blue car I'm not sure it was
0: so let's uh, see what happened at the keyhole so I'm, I'm looking at this for the first time from the liquid Molly car looks like the door is left open six. by the number six of uh, dan goldberg. goldberg dan goldberg for performance tech and it's the damage i think there might be a little bit of damage and robbie might be struggling now for a bit of pace leader now has got it handy 1.233 seconds Connor de Felipe's just put the fastest lap of the race in uh, at a 118 of his fastest lap of the racing, excuse me a 118.9, Shane van Gisbergen has the fastest lap of the race overall with an 18.6 that's the sort of times we saw in the longer runs in practice earlier on, van Gisbergen by the way back up to 15th position yeah but the last lap with a 125,
2: so uh, he either had a problem or he, if that's his pace now,
0: uh, he really is struggling and that is SVG between first and second at the moment and well there's going to be no love lost here is there (laughs) between him and Katzberg because it was Katzberg who tipped him off while he's in the lead and the sight of an angry SVG in your rear view camera might be enough to scare Katzberg off is there a little love tap there coming out of off the top of the hill and now through into the S's Robbie Foley well, he's just a, a spectator at the moment. Van Gisbergen looking forward to the leader of the race, having just dropped the lap to him as they had down Thunder Valley. And now towards the end of the lap, so close to the red arm on the right-hand side, into the carousel with traffic ahead. And coming towards the end of the race, we've got two and a half minutes left. Remember, the last lap is when time elapses. Wherever the leader is, could be the start of the lap, could be the end of the lap. I think Van Gisbergen's got a score to settle here or a point to prove. Now, whether that's just unlapping himself again or whether it's doing something a little more brutal, the Imvasser Sullivan guys got their strategy pretty much perfect. Shane was on all the tyres. It would have been a very interesting battle. There's nothing wrong with Shane's pace right now, though. Is there, guys? I can't help ten, only you know, ten, they, ten we, laps on those tyres,
2: so they're really, really uh, healthy tyres. Uh, to get down some really good laps and
0: Katzberg's been really struggling getting past some of his back markers As he goes past the number 19 Porsche in the hands of Parker Chase for vertical bridge here comes Robbie Foley he's got a couple of cars to go through ah this is going the way of Nicky Katzberg it's not falling the way of Turner but Robbie Foley ah oh, it's a spin there goes the Porsche And he's got by, by as well, van Gisbergen, who I think just lifted off there as they entered Thunder Valley for the 65th time. Now, what's left in the tyres? There'll be one more after this lap. No, there won't. He's on the last lap now. Time will elapse on this lap. So this should be the white flag. We'll only see that confirmed when the clock runs down to zero. BMWs first through fourth at the moment with Harry Tinkner looking to be the best non-beamer in fifth position in the 55 Ford Ayachan Guven back up to sixth position as it stands at the moment and Alessandro Balzan back up to seventh that's the best Ferrari result we've seen in the three IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational Rounds of the season so far so Nicky and Katzmann,
2: was, was another driver who didn't take tyres. So that proves that Van Gisbergen's strategy
0: would have worked. Could well, have worked. Yeah, I agree, Ben. I agree. I think the key to it, as we talked about, was him. Oh, Foley's gone oh. wide. Foley's gone wide. Now was he helped there by Van Gisbergen? That's not a battle for position. And here comes the BMW. That's Conor De Filippi. That's the battle for second and third. This is the last lap. Times elapsed. Katzberg's going to win it, but which BMW is going to be second and third? Between the 96 Turner BMW, the car is holding on to it at the moment. But Robbie Foley's been off and got dirty tyres. Katzberg wins. It's another BMW victory. And it will be Turner BMW in second. Robbie Foley, what a recovery. And a bit of redemption after real bad luck in the last couple of rounds. Third for Conor De Filippi, Philip Eng. What a drive. What a drive. Has come through from was it 47th, you said? Forty-sixth, he started.
3: 46. 46th to fourth. Just the 42 positions. So about one position every one quarter laps.
0: <laughs> uh Harry Tignell is the best non-BMW in fifth position. And John Ikan Guben
2: spun on the last no. one lap and down to I think finishing 14th spot, lost 20 seconds, on his own, nobody around him. And it's exactly what I said at the start. He is very fast, but he doesn't have the consistency across the whole race.
0: Let's give you the results then in the third round of the IMSA Racing pro invitational series here at mid Ohio sports car course presented by Haggerty, Nikki Katzberg by what looks a comfortable three seconds at the end from the Privateer turn of BMW, Robbie Forley uh, was right there for most of the race. Conor De Filippi on the tailpipes of Robbie at the end. It's an all BMW uh, podium again with Philip Eng driving through the field from 46th to 4th in 4th position and just 5 seconds away at the end. Brilliant strategy from the Team Austria BMW driver. Tinknell's the best non-BMW and one of three Fords in the top ten. Then it's Spengler for BMW in six. Shinya Mishimi quietly up to seventh position. Then AJ Allmendinger, great result for the dinger. Westy and Kenton Cook. Well, Kenton had a, a pretty eventful day as well, but he gets a top ten finish. Jack Hawks with an 11. Sebastian Prior was looking good early on, but then... Battling for fourth position, made the mistake and that cost him. Rodrigo Fluka was the man he was battling with at the time. He finishes 13. Ein-Chan Guven for Porsche had the pace, but not the consistency in 14th. Vortier in 15th. Mirko Bortolotti was fast early on too. He finishes 16th and the top 20 made up by John Edwards and Matt Bell. What a great entry to the series for Matt Bell and the... Uh, Rebel Rock number 71 BMW. Alessandro Balzan was unlucky to be as far down as 19th. I liked his strategy as well. Vanto in 21st. Then Morad. James Collado uh, gets his feet wet for the first time in this series. Then Massad, Kyle excuse me, Shane Van Gisbergen will be steaming. He was battling at the very sharp end of the field, holding the lead and was turned around by the eventual leader. Patrick Long in the Haggerty Porsche in 26th. Parker Chase, Michael Lewis, Corey Lewis and Colin Brown for the top 30. Behind that, everyone was off the lead lap. Wow, brilliant stuff uh, for the third race of the season. There's some stories further down the field, but they were all ultimately well off the lead lap and whether it was accident damage. And there were a few walking wounded towards the end. Dan Goldberg got involved in a couple of incidents as well. We didn't see too much of uh, the guys at the back of the field. And Nick Tandy looked pretty good early on. But a couple of spins uh, from the Porsche driver sent him down. Right. Let's catch up with a bit of action uh, in our Michelin post race tech. And then we'll have a word with some of the drivers. Let's start with uh, Robbie Foley. What happened to him? Did he just lose it on his own on that last lap? Yeah, he did. Tyres getting a little bit old and just slung it sideways at turn six. Van Gisbergen went through and he just managed to get it back before Conor De Filippi got through. Let's see if we can have a word with uh, Robbie. Robbie Foley, John Heindorf in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, just drop drop your camera down a bit so we can see how gorgeous you look after all of that Robbie. now that's how you've been ending up in the early part of the season it's about time you had a bit of luck mate really good drive was it important for you to just get those early laps over and done with this week
5: yeah i just tried to save the tires early on in the race and kind of have something at the end lap traffic definitely played a part had a couple of minor contacts but uh, yeah overall it kind of went to plan didn't execute quite the perfect lap in qualifying nice job to bruno on the pole but uh, yeah finally sort of a good race now um after some bad luck in the first two so super happy to put the turner bmw on the podium
0: now did you change tires robbie when you came in clearly uh, shane didn't svg didn't and he splashed for just about 13 seconds of fuel the avs guys really rolling the dice there. It would have been an interesting last few laps did you put new michelins on
5: Yeah, yeah, we did. We had a great strategy just to come in pit early just before the yellow and put new rubber on. So, yeah, our cars are really strong at the end. And I think that played a part. I didn't exactly see what happened for the lead. But uh, ultimately, yeah, I think we had the pace on Shane just with the tyres. And um, yeah, it
0: worked out great at the end. You got close to Nicky Katzberg a couple of times. If that had been a Ford or a Ferrari or a Porsche, would you maybe have pressed it a little bit more?
5: Yeah, probably a little bit. Honestly, it was just uh, about trying to stay close and just have a look at maybe a pass off the back stretch or into turn two. But super difficult to overtake here. And Nicky did a great job managing the traffic. I got held up a few times. Uh, and ultimately, uh, I was just pushing super hard in the last lap, made a small mistake myself. But yeah, overall, uh, I think it was a good race. Tire management came into the came into it at the end. And I think Nikki just had a bit more pace at the end. I could catch him, but not enough to... Uh, to be able to make a move.
0: Yeah, well done staying ahead of Conor de Felipe when you lost it at the bottom of turn six there. So is it virtual tackles or real tackles for the Turner team now then?
5: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I guess we can give both a try now. So yeah, we'll have a uh, winner, winner t- or not quite a winner winner taco dinner, but we'll have a podium uh, celebration for sure.
0: Cheers, mate. Well done this week. That was uh, a bit more as we were expecting from you. Got a bit of better look this week. Robbie Foley in second position Nicky Katzberg finished uh, ahead. We're going to try and grab him for a wee word. There was plenty going on at the front of the field in the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational third round presented by Haggerty here at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Uh, My driver of the race, undoubtedly, Philip Eng, who drove up from 46th to 4th position, making it a 1-2-3-4 for BMW, but they didn't seem to have it all their own way. Uh, the other manufacturers were there or thereabouts, but got involved in other incidents. Let's see if we can grab Nicky for a quick word. While we're waiting for Nicky, let's have the third-place driver, Conor De Filippi. Hiya, Conor. It's Hind off here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, and good to have your company, yeah. Mick. I thought you might have got second there at the end. You must have, your eyes must have lit up when you saw Robbie sideways at the bottom of Turn 6.
6: Yeah, it was getting close, you know. Um, I was just trying to have a clean race, and um, and that's what I was doing, to slowly work my way forward, trying to keep the tires underneath me and try to attack at the end. And I saw I made a little slip-up. I'm not sure what that was, but honestly, I was happy with third. This was only my second proper sim race, and uh, this is all new to me. So to be on the podium, uh, that's a big result for me, and I'm happy for, for BMW to show another strong result here with our uh, iRacing program.
0: What was the strategy then, Connor? Um, Qualifying was only two laps, barely enough time to get heat in the tyres and the qualifying performances were nowhere near what we were watching in in practice before then. Yeah, in
6: this game, it's tricky to get the tyres in. That's a big thing that took me a long time to kind of figure it out and I still don't quite have it as as quite figured out as the top guys, but I'm getting there. Uh, Qualifying is super important with the field being so close, so... Uh, I was starting a lot further up than I was at WeatherTech Raceway, so that made a big difference this time. Uh, we did some long runs during our training, and we knew that tire wear could maybe play a little bit bigger of a factor. Uh, so I, I kind of personally committed to the tires early in the race because I wanted to be able to attack at the end rather than uh, be on the, the defense, and that's exactly what we did. My, um, my strategy worked out, and they called me in perfectly. We did an undercut, made some time up, and uh, yeah, it was a clean race.
0: There was some great battling going around you, going on around you as well as you were closing in. That battle from fourth to about, I think, ninth or tenth at one stage was getting a bit intense until Sebastian and Rodrigo had the, the coming together in front of you. How close were you to picking up some of some of the damage there?
6: Yeah, I saw them babbling back there. I had a few contacts with some cars. Um, it was really hard to predict them sometimes. Sometimes they would... Uh, Looked like they're leaving the door open and then they would just kind of close the door. So I had a couple of close calls, but in the end it worked out. I saw they were battling back there. So I tried to uh, save a little fuel at the end. We were kind of tight on fuel. So I had to do a little bit of that. It was just like real life. It was super (laughs) fun. And uh, yeah, really, really proud of it.
0: To anybody who says, Connor, um, you know, this is not, this is not real racing. What I always say is the cars and the tracks might not be real. But the racing and the competitive element is absolutely real, isn't it?
6: Oh, it's there. for sure. I mean, I'm sweating. I had the tornado fan blitzing over here the whole race, trying to keep me cool. Uh, It feels like you're in the real race car over here because it's so intense. And I mean, if anything, it's actually mentally fatiguing more so in the race car because you don't have that sense of feel, you know. Mm. Um, So everything that you're feeling is actually going through your eyes. So you're having to concentrate a lot more rather than, you do not having to feel the car slide. You're having to see it through the screen, so it takes a lot of focus. Uh, so an hour and a half race feels like a triple stint in the real car. <laughs>
0: uh, good, good work, mate. On the uh, on the back end of the podium. Uh, have a good weekend, and, and thanks for jo- for joining us this Thursday night. Whew. See. I tell you, this competition is real. It is real. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to see if we can grab another couple of drivers. We've got a few minutes left of broadcast time. Drew, uh, we're going to go to fourth position now. And my man of the race, Philip Eng for BMW Team Austria. Philip, barely anything went on in your race from 46th to 4th then, just a quiet Thursday night drive. How was that for you?
1: Yeah, uh thanks guys. Um was was really, really good fun. Um and I'm in this commentating booth in the virtual one more often than in real. I don't know if this is positive or negative <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's still always cool to, to, to hear you and to to be to be interviewed by you. Um, it was an amazing race. Um I unfortunately got an off track um, on my second lap in qualifying. Um and yeah, then you're starting on the back. That's where where I had to start. But uh, then in the race, I just uh, kept out of everything. Um, I think I only had one or two little contacts, uh, but was perfectly executed from the team. Um, super happy for BMW to, to have another uh, one, two, three, four. Car was amazing. And um, yeah, I hope to hear you uh, again, maybe on Saturday.
0: Yes, absolutely. You'll be in the DNLS on Saturday, which we're covering on the Radio Show Limited Network of Audio and Visual Channels. Tell me about that incident when there was that when there was that uh, huge line of cars from Rodrigo Fluger, then it was Sebastian, then it was Bruno. You were a bit further back and they came together at turn four. You, you got a lot of advantage out of that. I bet you couldn't believe you look at that point, could you?
1: No, uh, I, I just, when I was behind Bruno, obviously you are being uh, more cautious with your teammates than with, with other competitors. So I just uh, tried to stay there Um I knew that um, one of the forts only changed uh, two tires, so uh, he clearly was uh, struggling in front, and then, yeah, there was a uh, carnage, and I, I just moved left, uh, indicator to the left, and I waited a bit, and it uh, paid off, so um, it was very exciting. Uh, I'm completely exhausted, like uh, after a real race, um, but this is so much fun, and uh, thanks to iRacing, thanks to IMSA for, for putting up this show, and um, to hear your voices on the stream is, is so cool as well. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, I'll be back next time for sure, if I can.
0: Quick thought about the contrast from you winning with your teammates in the 24 hours of the Nürburgring Nordschleife on Saturday, where you did a four-hour driving stint uh, in the early part of the morning to this little one and a half hours. It's just a quick sprint around a two and a half, mark, two and a quarter mile circuit. You couldn't get much different, could you? No,
1: um, but uh, I can tell you that both races were quite tough and quite exhausting, Um, especially this one. Um, I have never been to mid-Ohio in real life, uh, which is a shame because I think it's a great circuit and um, it's definitely on my bucket list. But it's a very short circuit, so um, again, there was quite a lot of traffic with left cars. So you just had to keep it clean. Um, um, I just made sure that I uh, got to the caution um, with a clean car and then I knew that my race could uh, potentially start. And um, I got very, uh, I got—I just got through well. Um, obviously, you also need to be lucky, which I was today, which I was not uh, last time in Laguna Seca, uh, where I, I lost the potential win. But that's racing. Um, but I, I love it. And uh, it's super good fun.
0: It was really entertaining to watch. As well, thanks for being with us, Philip. Have a good uh, rest of the week, and um, we'll see you at the Nurburgring Nordschleife on Saturday. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to pick up uh, Nicky katzberg our winner. He's probably hiding uh, at the moment, Nick, from Shane van Gisbergen, isn't he? To be and, Br-
3: and Bruno as well. You know, that's uh, yes, true. He, 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 but you know, Nicky's had a, you know, had a had the rough end of the stick. Um, yeah, in some way, from his own mistake in the first two, mistakes in the first two rounds, but he now will leave uh, Mid Ohio in the lead of the championship with the first, second, and third against two firsts and the sixth for Bruno Spengler. And Those two guys certainly are the standouts as far as points is concerned. But you know, he, he got himself to front. He, he overtook Spengler, and uh, you know, he then force his way at the front. He, he was aggressive where he needs to be aggressive. The, 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 conflict, sorry, the contact with uh, SVG may have been a coming together, may have been a net code, but even so, he was prepared to push where he needed to and he wasn't in any way going to give up his, no. his chance. He wasn't going give, to give way to Spengler. Spengler, on the other hand, had a massively exciting race of, of coming together and avoiding, and probably walking away from this, he's both disappointed to be sixth and very relieved to get sixth.
0: Yeah. Absolutely agree. Uh, Nikki Katzberg not showing up for the post-race interview. <laughs> Bo Barfield is our IMSA race director. He'll not be happy about that. There'll be words. There'll be words before the next race, I'm sure. Nikki, if, if you're listening somewhere, you're going to get a slap on the wrist for that one. Ben Constant-Juris, BMWs 1-4 again. But once again, as much by other people being the... Uh, architects of their own downfall as by the pace and the consistency of the BMW drivers. And I think it's down to the way that these drivers are able to
2: feel in a safe zone with the car. Uh, I really think that to get the best out of the other brands, you really have to hustle, drive it on the edge and therefore it's so much easier to find yourself with problems. You know, Someone like Ikan Guven or Nick Tandy, they're fantastic drivers both in the virtual and the real world, but it's clear that that car is on the edge when it comes to getting the best performance against these other brands and great to see Ford in the mix, but again, ultimately uh, not there enough to, to actually get a decent result. And uh, I don't know in terms of the characters of the circuit we move on to, whether it'll ever come to them.
0: Nice uh, to see Ferrari running up there for a while as well. Balsan, Alessandro Balsan, Nick Damon, uh, first time at racing with us and uh, he, uh, and James Collado, rather, first time racing with us. Those guys, they had the pace as well, but just didn't work out for them. And I'll give
3: you an example of how good a car it is to drive. I've been taking it around laps of mid Ohio with the, with the base setups, and I've been doing like one twenty one and a half. and a half. So I've been two and a half seconds of professional in racing. The BMW. In the BMW? Because the car. Is really good to drive. But and you it did is say stable. to me, Nick,
0: that it's quite difficult visibility-wise, which I wonder is well, some of these accidents and touches... Yeah, uh, you can't... Can you no judge where you, the edges are? You, could, you couldn't race without a
3: triple screen. Uh,
0: right, you know, okay. that,
3: But it, it is hard to see. That. But it is just such a stable car. It's so planted. And once the tyres have got some warmth in, okay. even absolute hacks like me can get the thing round at a reasonable speed.
0: Ben Constanturis and Nick Damon join me, John Heindorf, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks to Nick... Uh, Thanks to them, to those two, to Tim Gray, our producer up in London. The responsible adult was everywhere. And to Drew, Cisco, Alex, Jake, Tim, Tim and Evan, who are the brilliantly talented iRacing team over there in Massachusetts. I've been John Hindhoff. That was the third round of the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational presented by Haggerty. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time to do it all again. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday and the weekend. Bye-bye.